Welcome to the Strength Coach Experience Podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Lego. Your host. And here we and here we go, go, go. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Strength Coach Experience, episode number 51. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed their Labor Day. Today, I want to welcome uh, Adam Belding um, from Belding Performance. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some stuff, you know, find his background out. Actually, uh, I always bring up networking, but uh, me and Adam actually, um, you know, got put together from the podcast that I did a few weeks ago with the big group at ML with uh, Chris Kivit. Uh Adam, thanks for coming on. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on. And just looking forward to, you know, chopping it up and sharing some information. Oh, thanks for having me, Joe. Absolutely. Uh, so why don't we jump right in? You know, we'll just go through your background and, and you know, how you started and kind of how you got involved in the, the crazy world of strength and conditioning. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, as a, you know, as a kid, I was always into sports. You know, I, you know, I, I loved them. You know, we really hockey and baseball were my two favorite. Baseball, definitely my favorite. But, uh, you know, I played that, you know, from a young kid, just like everyone else. Um, yeah, like me and my brother were always doing something, playing some kind of, you know, football, baseball, hockey, you know, roller hockey, stuff like that. Um, you know, you know, kind of all throughout high school and college, I, you know, played a little bit fall ball. Um, you know, my grades weren't too good. So, uh, kind of had a, I wasn't allowed to play, you know, if you're not doing good in college, like that's it, you can't play. So, uh, because of that, I actually dropped out of college. You know, I was like, if I can't play baseball, I don't really, what's the point of going to college? Pretty, <laughs> pretty ignorant thinking on my behalf. But, uh, you know, that's who I was at the time. I, I had a rough time in school. You know, I just just wasn't into it. You know, I, I don't know, you know, what it was. It was, you know, I couldn't blame it on anyone but myself. Um, you know, really just made poor decisions. You know, really just hung out with the wrong group of kids, you know, the deal, you know, just uh, kind of took me away from, you know, any kind of drive I had, unfortunately, you know, I love sports and I love, you know, baseball specifically, but, uh, you know, it kind of took a backseat to be honest, you know, I just made bad decisions. And, uh, you know, once I came across like exercise, you know, with a friend, it kind of like gave me that outlet to, uh, you know, to, you know, give me something to do be competitive somewhat, you know, while, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, when I dropped out of college, it was just really something I really took a liking to right away. And, uh, you know, so far it's given me a career ironically enough. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, you know, the, either the connection to sports or the, the playing and then stopping, uh, you know, is, is what kind of like a segue, you know, much like yourself when I first went to college to play basketball, I didn't go to class. I shot foul shots and eventually you, they don't let you play basketball anymore. And, yeah. you know, but, but I don't think it, it you know, I, about now, you know, there's academics, academic, ex, epi, uh, academics. Wow. Got caught up there. But I think, you know, going to school, you know, start with 12 years ago now, probably going into JUCO, nobody really told us anything. I mean, you know, it was, it would not to say it was it wasn't there, but like now, you know, you have the advisors, you have, you know, education, education, education. I think there's a whole big thing about, you know, that's the person they talk about. It's always the most important thing. But even, you know, to your story and, and compared to mine, it's nobody really said anything. We played basketball and, you know, our coach never sat us down and said, you need to pass this many credits and you need to make us this. We didn't have 
uh, you know, people didn't come to class and check things. Yeah. You just kind of did whatever you wanted. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the semester, they're like, you didn't pass X amount of classes. You can't play anymore. And you're like, yeah. wait, wait a minute. You know, nobody really uh, said anything. So I think it's, it's come a long way, but also I think that, you know, the same thing I got into the, the same thing with exercise, because I think it's, you're trying to fill that void of sports, you know, because yes. you're always competitive. You're always want to, you know, you want to do something to change your body, you know, sports, you can get better at the sport or, you know, you're that competitive drive is there and it's something that you can control. Whereas exercise, I believe is kind of that same thing. You're able to dictate what happens, however much you put into it comes out of it. And the nice thing about exercise, nobody cares about your grades, right? You can yeah. exercise, you can, learn all those things. And I think the good part about, you know, getting involved in it in the beginning is you don't need to go to college. You know, I think yeah. that going on Google, watching YouTube, you know, especially now with the social media stuff, we're able to find that information that's out there now enough to where if it interests you more, you can kind of go to college for that. But if not, you know, you, you also can do your thing, you know, and learn a significant amount just by the information is there. And like I said, especially now, young athletes coming up and coaches, there's really no excuse to not be able to learn things. As in, you know, when me and you were, were coming up in the ranks, there was still, there was information, but it was nothing like it is now. I mean, you can follow your favorite strength coach with a yeah. million followers, and they literally will give you everything you could possibly ask for. Uh, you know, they have the podcasts and things like that. You can literally learn people's um, philosophies, if you will. I don't really like that word, but you can learn philosophies simply by listening to 20, 20 hours or so of somebody's podcast. Yeah. I mean, to go off that too, I, you know, I know um, certifications are like a big thing in our field. And I'll be completely honest, like from like, you know, for a great example, like Eric Cressy, who's a you know big baseball guy, who's you know mm -hmm. the baseball guy. I've learned more from his webinars about the shoulder about you know hip shoulder separation and stuff like that that i've learned and i put that to more use throughout my everyday job here than any certification that i have any you know and school was great because i feel like it gives me it gave me it gave me four years to be like all right is this really what you want to do but you know like you said like you don't need that nowadays i think if you follow the right people that are you know kind of in the field that you want to be in, like, again, like baseball, if you're following a guy like Eric Cressy, you're going to learn like the most current, the most up-to-date, the most kind of practical stuff to use throughout every day. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Cressy is somebody I followed, you know, getting into baseball. I still do, but that stuff is out there, of course. I mean, I think the, the, the college is, you know, you're able to take the time of, of, you know, being able to, to kind of figure out where you want to go and, and yeah. you know, really deeply think about things. But I also think the same way you don't really need those, those, you know, that education from a university. I'm not saying yeah. college is, is bad. And I think it, it helps kind of separate, you know, good coaches from bad at times, but I also think, yeah, there, if you're willing to learn and, and you, um, you know, put in the work, you can, you can learn as much as you can with, uh, you know, with those online certifications or following webinars, which I think is great. And that's another reason why, you know, we talk about certs. Uh, and I had Matt Wenning on, you know, a few, a month or so ago, and he was talking about, you know, the NSCA and, and the importance, because that's pretty much all we have that keeps us afloat without yeah. them, you know, regardless of uh, the content they put out, whether the certification, the CSCS and those things are good. Um, you know, that's our, that's our only kind of segue, our representation, which is a positive, but on the other note, 
you know, I, I don't really think you, you need those things, you know, aside from the anatomy, which you can learn, I think the, as a class is great, but you don't need those things, which is, you know, why I want to bring up too is that's why I think the, the practical stuff is something that we should push more because yeah. I don't like the sit down and take a test and then, you know, you either pass or failed and that kind of dictates your life. Whereas I think you should, you know, have somebody who has experience in the field, watches you do what you do, write programs, you know, make you explain what you're doing and yeah. kind of follow what you do as opposed to if I can bubble these things in. Because on both sides, I've seen people that got 100 on the CSCS and they can't coach themselves and people yeah. that have, have struggled. I mean, I'll, I'll tell all the viewers, I failed it three times. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really take it too seriously when I first took it and I just went in there uh, off the you know clip and I took it and I didn't pass. And then one time I took it during um, you know, spring training when I was busy. And then when I really sat down and studied, I was able to pass it. But the point was, you know, after I, at the time I took the test, I was already a functioning strength coach at a college, you know, and, yeah. and there's that argument where, oh, you, if you don't have this, you can't be a strength coach. But I was already a strength coach, you know, coaching college athletes who, you know, had, had relatively well success. And, and, you know, it wasn't like I was killing everybody and everybody was getting robbed of my analysis. So there is yeah. always that point and kind of that, that either side of the, of the line, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. I, I do. And again, like when I'm not downplaying those certs at all, like mm -hmm. I got the USAW cert. I, honestly, like for <laughs> me in my field with baseball players, I, I, me too. I had it. the last time I referenced back to something <laughs> I learned and it was good because I was really into weightlifting at the time. But as far as everyday use, I could have used those, you know, that weekend to, you know, do something else or, you know, go intern somewhere. I think interning shit, like, you know, kind of what you were talking about before is seeing like, you know, when you get in front of a large group and see how, like what you read in textbooks is like a one-on-one -on -one perfect scenario. You have all the time in the world. You have all the equipment accessible to you. When you're in a college setting or, you know, a team setting, you got to think on the fly. You got to keep kids, you know, athletes moving. You can't have them standing there. You know, if you have an athlete that, um, you know, my lower back hurts, you know, you got to give them stuff to do, you know, or modify, you know, an exercise, you know, that may not be in your program and you got to think on the fly. And, you know, I think you learn that the best for an internship internship and, you know, just learning from someone and seeing it real time. Oh, absolutely. I, I think there should be more emphasis on internship, but not only that go, you know, use your computer resources and find somebody that, that is, you know, that you like and understand, or maybe, who is complete and other opposite of yourself and then learn from them. I, I, I completely agree that the interning, I mean, with me, my interning and, and all the stuff, I, I, I couldn't have replicated that at school at all. I mean, you know, and then, you know, when you go into school as well too, the classes are there, but you know, at some point when you get into this, you're pretty much, you go to school to be a strength coach. You know, when you're yeah. a graduate assistant, you're the strength coach, right? You go to class, you get your grades in, but everybody kind of knows that, that that's kind of your thing. Uh, you know, and I, I think that's, that's a great point to, you know, you should be able, you know, you should intern. And I think that is so much more important. I mean, one of my gripes, if you will, with the CEUs is not that I, I 100% think we should all continue our education. We should all make sure that we're on the up and up. But I wish that they would kind of open the CEU thing because for me personally, it's very hard to find CEUs because I want to go away places, much like yourself. I want to go, yeah. you know, go to a conference and watch, uh, you know, Olympic athletes train under a high level coach or go to, you know, a big level school. And sometimes they don't allow those. But if you take a test with stuff in it that you already know, you know, and, and you're spending money on that, 
that that counts towards your cert, but but does it really count towards your you know your knowledge and, and where you're going with that? So exactly. I think that's a huge topic. But like again, I, I couldn't uh, you know stress the importance. I think interning trumps everything. But I think also you know you brought it up before. I think you you have to find where you fit in, right? You have to, in order for college to work, you know, the same thing. I never liked school. And it wasn't until I found teachers who understood me, right? Who I could speak to and kind of, I found like a learning style, if you will, that works for me. College or, you know, really took off because for the first probably 14 years of college, I thought it was the stupidest thing in the world. I'm like, I'm going to sit in this chair and you're yeah. going to tell me things. And regardless of what I think, I have to, you know, kind of memorize uh, what you're telling me. So it was the same thing. But then when I kind of fell into, got some teachers that understood me and kind of let me learn and, and do the things that I was good at, you know, I, I kind of flourish, if you will. So I always think that's that's another point with, you know, just because you're at a school to anybody out listening or, or you know, you're struggling with a certain thing, it might not necessarily be this isn't meant for you. It might be, I ha might have to go out and find somebody, something or some sort of system that I'm comfortable in, you know, and then, you know, who knows your career might take off after that. Yeah. And just to go off that, like kind of just stick, you know, thing, thing I noticed, like it all throughout high school, I always sit in the back of the class, like kind of just, you know, daydream, you know, cause you know, I'm in classes that I'm not That's really a big doodler. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, all of a sudden I get to college when I went to Hofstra and I'm starting to learn about exercise science, anatomy, phys, I kind of noticed myself gravitate more to the front of the class just so I could be more focused, you know, and just, it was just so genuinely interested. And I was like, wow, I, if I would have found this like out years ago that, mm -hmm. you know, I could be, I could make a career out of this. So this is what I really loved. And there is classes and there is school that, you know, gravitates towards this, you know, I, I would have been there a lot earlier. Cause I mean, I was just like, I couldn't, it was like, I almost couldn't wait to do homework. Cause it was just like something I was interested in something I would read about in my you know spare time. I was like, I can't believe this is school. I can't believe that I can like school. <laughs> school. Like throughout my whole life, it was just like, you know, boring, monotonous, just kind of, you know, stuff I wasn't interested in. Now it was, a, you know, completely, you know, 180 where I was just genuinely full invested, fully, you know, all bought in and just, uh, you know, I loved it to be honest. Like I, I would never miss a day. Yeah, absolutely. I think that goes for, for everything, you know, with whatever career path you choose, I, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, especially with self-gratification where that, that kind of niche we're in now, a lot of people will give up too early, right? And I think that not that everything is meant for everybody, but I also think that whatever you're, you're kind of, you're passionate about or something that you want to do in, I, I think there should be more information about letting it kind of play its course, right? Letting, yeah. taking the time and say, okay, maybe this school or these teachers didn't work, you know, but if I maybe try another place, I'm not saying, you know, go to different pop around to 17 different schools and, yeah. you know, spend a bunch of money. But, you know, from a as long as, you know, it's not draining on the bank account and, you know, you have the opportunity and, and of course, the finances, uh, I think that's very important. You know, if you're somebody that wants to go into finance or dentistry or, or whatever it may be, independently of strength conditioning. Still, you know, I think there's there should be more placed on, you know, spend the time and, and kind of take the time to really find out if you if you really like it. You know, and I think, again, going back to what with college, I think college does that because it starts to get rid of that monotonous stuff in high school. I mean, in my I think high school is worthless. I mean, I'll, I'll say it, you know, we just go through 
nonstop stuff. I mean, all the things I took, it's, you know, looking back on it, you know, it was, oh, you should do this and you should do that. And now from the other side as a teacher, I'm like, no, it was actually the, the teacher's fault that I wasn't learning. It's not my fault. I was, you know, 12 years old and, you know, 14 years old. I have no idea what what's going on. You just look at it as I can't I can't learn this, so I'm bad at it. When in reality, as we talked about with coaching, you touched on before, if somebody has a low back problem, we have to figure that out, right? So as a teacher, yeah. if your kids aren't learning, I mean, barring if they're showing up and doing the work, they should, you know, you should be able to help them pass and stuff as long as they're willing to learn. Yeah, I mean, even kind of going back to what you said before, is like, I went to college as an adult, you know, mm-hmm. um, I went, you know, 29 years old and, you know, I tried every job, you know, like I said, I dropped out of high school. I even dropped out of high school for a little bit, you know, again, dropped out of college. You know, I tried the manual labor thing. I tried construction. wasn't for me. I, I hated it. You know, I just didn't know what I was doing. I was not good at it. I wasn't handy. Um, then I, you know, worked on a loading dock, you know, kind of wasn't for me. I was just, I saw myself and I was like, this isn't something I could do. I'm still young. I'm, you know, I'm, no, only 19 years old. I'm not, you know, I don't have a family. I don't have any real responsibilities. And then I did the the whole kind of corporate, you know, office and suit, you know, suit and tie job in the city, taking the train. I was like, all right, this is what I, this is what you're supposed to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to wear a suit and tie and go to the city and sit on a train and be miserable and can't <laughs> wait till it's five o'clock on Friday. And you know what? That wasn't for me either. And I was just like, here I am going to school as an adult, you know, I was the old guy in class and I was like, you know what, I'd rather be a couple of years behind mm-hmm. than just settle for a career that I'm miserable with. You know, I- I'm not on a time limit. I don't like, you know, you mentioned before, I don't have any real responsibilities. I didn't have any kids. I didn't, you know, I wasn't financially tied into anything. So the way I looked at it, all right, I, yeah, I'm a couple of years behind. This isn't what I thought I'd be doing at 29 years old, but you know what? I know it's going towards something that I'm going to love. And in the long run, it's going to be the right decision. You know, I may struggle for a couple of years. I may, you know, I was a little embarrassed, you know, I'm 29 in school, 30 years, 30 years old in school, but you know what? I don't want to be that miserable person at my job. That's just counting down the, you know, the, the minutes until the, the day's over and I can go home. That that's not, that's not what I want to be like. And, you know, looking back, uh, it couldn't, you know, couldn't be happier, you know, couldn't, couldn't be happier, you know, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that's a phenomenal point. You know, that whole, this is what you're supposed to do. Right. I think that yeah. that plagues a lot of people. I, I don't, you know, there is a lot of information now, but it's, it's something that, that happens. This is what you're supposed to do. Right. Even as, as a strength coach, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody listening out there, we've all gone, what do you do? Right. What do you do? Oh, you, you train it. Is that it? Right. Well, what yes, can you, yes. you know, especially, uh, you know, for me person with COVID, everything's online and people are like, how many hours you work a day? You only do this much. And what? Yeah. I'm like, why do you care so much? But I think that that's always, you know, supposed to, right? I mean, I think, you know, they, they talk about the, the Steve Jobs quotes, you know, that, you know, wealth and things are created by people that are no smarter than you. I always think that that kind of resonates. And, and I think it's important for everybody to understand that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are or where you're going you know, everybody can do amazing things, you know, and most of the people that are at the, at the high end, you know, didn't go to college and I'm not, you know, I don't want to start a bedlam against college, but yeah. I think that it's, it's the ability to be self-aware. You know, I, I, I think that that is, is kind of our, our biggest thing. If you're aware and you're on the train, as you said, with the suit on, you're like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, but yeah. I hate everything and, and it's not getting any better. I, I think that 
you know, we have to make the realization and I understand it's, it's a terrifying thing, but again, you know, not to be full of quotes, but you know, the things that terrify you usually are the best because once you're terrified, you know, I have friends that go through it now, you know, some of them may have lost their jobs in COVID or certain things going on. And I'm like, look, right now you're at a time where it's going to be terrifying. But once you get over the hump and you start doing your own business and you start doing the thing that you're supposed to do, it gets easy, right? And you're like, yeah. okay, this is why I didn't get along with these things. I think, you know, the field of strength conditioning almost is like exercise in itself, right? We'll bring up diet. Diet's always crazy because diet is something where you have to change your diet for almost two months before we see any results. Yeah. And so it's always very hard to get clients and, and people to switch to that because it's very hard for me to say, okay, if you eat like this, in 90 days, you're going to notice. And they're like, yeah. 90 days? I, I don't, 90 days, you know, that's an insane. But it, it goes to one of those things. I think that is why, you know, exercise and, and, and diet is so hard because we have to wait so long for that stuff. And to bring it back around, same thing with you said with strength conditioning, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take off. But once you start to do the things you, you know, you're meant to do, everything, you're like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. And, and you have no bad days anymore. Yeah. I mean, we live in a world of, we, we want instant gratification. You know, we yeah. order something from Amazon and we're like, <laughs> why is it not here by five o'clock? I'm mad. Cause I ordered something it's supposed to be here like in two days and it's been five and I'm like refreshing the, the yeah, package yeah. tracker. Like, and I'm that, like, that's the, that's the world we live in now. It's like, we want stuff right away. And it's, you know, unfortunately like the stuff that's really worth waiting for is, you know, not, you know, it's not going to be there right away sometimes. And sometimes it is, sometimes it will, but you know, a lot of the time it's not. And I, you know, like I laughed before as like, I had an umpire from one of my softball games uh, last night. It's like, I heard you have a gym. He's like, that's like your real job. That's like, <laughs> and it's like my real job. I got like real rent, like real landlord, like real, like we wear real, real clothes, real bills. It's, yeah. It's my, it's, it's my real job. He's like, that's what you do full time ago. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I, I definitely try to, you know, and it's just like, I think strength and conditioning coaches get looped into this, like, you know, not to get on too much of a tangent here, I'm sure we'll cover it, but like no, we encourage personal tangents. trainers, like personal yeah. trainers think, you know, everyone thinks of strength and conditioning coaches as like personal trainers of like the people you see at like the global gyms that are like, have another job. And then they go do, they train a couple people at a LA fitness and, you know, stuff like that, or they're a train, you know, they're training for competitions themselves and they're just training some clients because that's what they're, you know, that's what they want to do. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, I think strength and conditioning has that stigma of like, it's not a real job. You know, you wear shorts and uh, sneak sneakers <laughs> to work every day. That, that can't be a real job, but you know, sometimes I pinch myself and I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is my real job, but uh, it's, it's pretty real. You know, it, it's definitely real. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I still think we, we have a stigma and I don't like how we are closely looped with personal trainers, you know, and, and I always said it, strength coaches can personal train, personal trainers can't strength coach. And I, I, I think that there's not enough kind of, you know, I, I've talked about it before, but it's, there is not enough, people don't know what we do, right? There, it's like a lawyer does, you know, they, they defend or they, you know, they do office work and they fill out deeds. Like everybody knows what they do, right? Doctors and, and I think all the way through, 
strength conditioning, people don't understand because it, it varies so much, you know, and I always, we always talk about pay, right. And, and, oh, you know, okay. income and, and how much money we make is huge. And, and you brought up umpires. And I, I was talking to my friend the other day who used to be in the minor leagues. And I said, are you sitting down? And he says, why? I said, because so the, this is a side note, but I thought about it. The, the umpires are wearing that, that cryptocurrency, right. XFM yeah. or whatever on their chest. Yeah. So I typed that in the other day and I somehow, you know, got caught up in Google and one of the links said the salary of an umpire in the, in the major leagues, a starting rookie umpire in the big leagues makes $150,000 and a season umpire makes $450,000. And I was like, they're making four times what the guy in the dugout as a strength coach is, uh, you know, is, is kind of going through. And, and what this led to was, that not all, but a lot, we are placed, especially, and we'll get into the, the professional baseball realm, but we are, for some reason, I don't know if it's the way they hire or something going on, it's like everybody at that level is afraid to ask for money, right? Yeah. Oh. And and they're always, it's like, they're ter- first of all, my experience, they're all terrified of the big leaguers, right? You yeah. can't say anything, which I never believed in. They're human beings just like you, and I have every right to be respected as much as they do. But it's like, I mean, I've heard these stories about guys that have been in it for 16 years. They're making 85 grand and they haven't got a raise since, you know, the millennium. And I'm like, yeah. what are we doing? And I think not. It, those are the things where the salary kills us. You know, the, the way to make money is you go to the private sector, you build your own business. That's where you, you know, you flourish. But but yeah. still in those minor leagues, uh, you know, college in the minor leagues, you know, they're, I think they're afraid to ask for money and they're, they're kind of, you know, there are all of them are just in awe that they're in the big leagues or, you know, with an organization two, three years in. I mean, I admit six months, seven months in, I was like, wow, by my third year, I'm like, I hope the stadium catches on fire, you know, because I, I just couldn't deal yeah. with the, the stuff anymore, you know, not killing the experience. But I think that's always a problem. We don't stand up for ourselves. And then I think in the college realm, I've noticed something that they don't give us more money. They give them more stuff to do. So instead of, you know, everybody's like, oh, the salaries are going up. I'm like, no, but before we used to be strength coaches. Now we have to deal with canapults and gym aware and, and rap soto. I'm like, they should give you more money for that. Not, you know, you made 60, here's 75, but now you have to do a, you know, a tech conference every time we get a new piece of equipment. Yeah. A couple things on that. I couldn't agree more. You can see how excited I got there, yeah. but I mean, everybody watching, he jumped out of his chair and he got close to the screen. Yeah. I mean, you have these in the college setting. It's, it's wild. It's, you have these million dollar weight rooms, you know, Mm -hmm. like four or $5 million weight rooms. Hundreds now. Yeah. And you're paying some man or woman that had to move their, you know, their family across the country that may have gotten fired from a job because just because a new coach came in, and just wanted to clear house. You may have had to take their kid out of school to go take this job at a, you know, at a school where they're making 40 to $60,000. It's just, it's crazy. And then, you know, and I, and I, I think a lot of times we shoot ourselves in the foot is that, you know, there's still a lot of coaches out there that say, Oh, I don't do it for the money. We try to romanticize our oh, profession. Yeah, as but... far as, you know, Oh, I don't do it for the money. I, I, I you know, I, I love it. And um, you know, I, I'm not here for the money. I, I go, that's part of the problem is because, because there's people that still say that, they, these schools are in these, you know, professional organizations can get away with paying, you know, you know, next, you know, next to nothing co- in comparison to, you know, other, other positions. And it's like, we have to do a better job at sticking up for ourselves and say, Hey, listen, I have all this experience. I'm moving my family across the country. I'm taking my kids out of school. 
I have my, I literally have my hands on, you know, say, you know, if you're a professional team, I literally have my hands on million dollar athletes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I should be compensated for it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to make sure I am, you know, I'm taking, you know, I'm going to conferences. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to uh, seminars, you know, I'm taking webinars to learn, you know, proper technique to further my career, to give these athletes the best that I can possibly give them. But yet, they don't get compensated. And I do think of a lot of it is just because we say, you know, I don't do it for the money. I love my job. I don't do it. And I was guilty of it. Like, listen, I was, I was definitely like, I had that awe shucks. Like, (laughs) I can't believe I'm here. You know, this is amazing. I get to, you know, work, you know, with, with all these, you know, great guys. And, um, and I, it is, it is wild that when you think about it, a, a guy that could be, you know, a guy that's making very, you know, low money, could be ha- have his hands on a you know a guy whose right shoulder is worth thirty million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would definitely want to get into the the difference in experiences, but one hundred percent. I mean, where I was, I got the first half ten rounds. That's ten million dollars, and I was getting paid. I mean, you know, talk about having the all shucks moment. I was so excited when I got hired by the Mets. I didn't ask for money. I just, they were like, we have a job. I didn't ask them how much. I didn't yeah. ask nothing. I went through three intervals. They're like, you're hired. I remember like running around my apartment, like a nut job in Woodlawn screaming. And then, yeah. but I got there and I'm like, oh good, we get paid now. You know, I, I think yeah. that, and, and, you know, not that that's bad, but it's, it's something, you know, and again, you bring up the money. Oh, we don't do it for the money. Yeah. But you know, you listen to guys talk. I, I'd rather be, you know, crying in my Ferrari than crying in, you know, with no house, but it's yeah. true. You know, it's not. I don't like the stigma. Like, yes, there is greed and I understand that. And you want to do things with passion, but at the same time, you have to be able to survive, right? I'm not yeah. saying we should get paid a million dollars. Now that'd be phenomenal. And I think some should, uh, but again, you, you need to start saying, well, I need this for to, to survive. You know, I, there is no reason why anybody should be a strength coach at any big school or little school or, you know, in professional baseball, and I can't afford to do anything but go live with my parents in the offseason because yeah. I make no money, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know how it was, and I want to get into it when you were with the, you know, in the Phillies, but with me, I made money only in the season. And then I came home, and I was I was working in Elmsford at the Velocity over there in the offseason. I had a job every year. And yeah. you know how that is? You come home, and you, you have to, like, lie to a boss because you're like, they're telling you all day, oh, we'd love to have you. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about quitting. I just want to work there for a little while. But in reality, you're like, nope, come February, I'm out. But, you know, you're, you know, you're sitting there with a guy who's all gung ho and, and because of your experiences, but you're like, no, man, if it goes well, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll quit, you know, but yeah. in reality, you're like, okay, I just need, you know, to make some money, but we have to make those decisions. And then to your point before with the family, you know, even, uh, you know, in certain places and, 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 you know, recently, sometimes I get stuck in it. You want to work at different places, but then you're like, okay, I'm in New York. Do I want to move to, you know, do I want to apply for, you know, let's say an LSU or whatever, but do I want to move a thousand miles away for everything I know for $40,000? You know, yeah. not that money is the root of everything, but it, it's, it's, it's not enough like to survive at least, you know, if it was at least you made 60 K something or a retirement, you know, some sort of benefits, at least you're like, okay, I'm making 40 K in New York. I can move to Louisiana and make 50 K the team's a little better and I can support my family and my friends. You know, I think that it's, unless you're, you know, once you have responsibilities, 
you can't go anywhere, you know, and I think that hinders a lot of great coaches because as you said before, you can't tote your family all around the country for $35,000, you know, when, as you said before, and I've heard lots of stories, you'll be a strength coach. You'll do nothing wrong because it's happened to me numerous times. I do my job. And then all of a sudden a new coach comes in or the administration that be, and they're like, Hey, you know what? We're, we're leaving. And, and, you know, they, they pull this, Everybody that was with the old coach is gone and they bring in a whole new slew of people. And then you're kind of waiting again. And then nobody really asks you why you got fired. You don't really get to explain yourself. As I said before, I got caught up in a, in a, in a little, I got caught up in a coaching staff where a guy threw cutters and our coordinator called somebody from Florida. And then they had a meeting with the whole staff. And then as a result of that, I was gone under no fault of my own. I mean, let's be honest. I got in trouble for the color shoes I wore and my necklace popped out once when I was sprinting from the foul line to first base to warm up the team before the anthem. But other than that, I kind of, you know, didn't really do anything wrong. Um, But, you know, I I just want to switch to how was your experience, you know, in the minors and kind of how did you get involved in uh, the baseball? You know, when you were coaching, you know, going to school, was baseball something that always stuck with you from playing? And then that's just kind of what you gravitated to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Spot on. I mean, uh, I know like football is the big, you know, yeah. strength, and, strength and conditioning sport, but I love baseball. You know, it's what I watch in my free time. It's um, you know, like I said, it's what I played the most as a kid, you know, high school, you know, up until college, I just always had, you know, always had an interest in baseball. Um, so I was interning at Hofstra and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, 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 we have a friend of the family who's, uh, just as a uh, side note, who was the strength coach when you were there? Paul. And was there a Joe, somebody there? Swabs? Uh, I had Paul Fournier. Okay. He's still there now. Uh, okay. we had Jason Meredith was our minor league coordinator. Um, okay. everyone's oh, pretty sorry. Much at Hofstra. Oh, at Hofstra. We had, um, I had Allison Bradshaw. Okay. I had Brian Burt and I had, uh, who else was there? I, Joe Panagrast. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No, no. I, cause I do know somebody from there. That's the other thing. Remember I told you, I was like, Oh, there's somebody else, but no, there's another guy yeah. from Hofstra too. That was there. Yeah. I mean, you know, off Hofstra, great experience, you know, again, yeah. interned. I ended up staying longer than I, you know, I had to just cause I, you know, I feel like all three coaches there were a bit, would have, uh, different. So I got to learn, mm-hmm from you know all of them and then from there i got the phillies job same thing did three interviews over the phone um you know with with paul who was the big league guy and jason so it was kind of like you know that all shocks like i can't believe yeah. i mm-hmm. talking to the big league strength coach for the phillies honestly i want to say it was the second best job i've ever had <laughs> i mean the pay sucks the pay wasn't yeah. great on uh, you know again i didn't have I, don't, I wasn't married at the time i didn't you know i don't have any kids i loved it and i you know i've heard from n- numerous people that the phillies do do things the right way that mm-hmm. you know people that have gone to other organizations and you know came back i've always said the phillies are a stand-up you know organization and i i i couldn't argue that like from mm-hmm. what i from the moment i got there until i you know just when i told them i wasn't going to come back I had one of the best experiences of my life. I mean, I really did. I, I got to meet, you know, I wasn't um, I'm trying to think like, I wasn't kind of just like, just like a peon. I don't want to say like, I yeah, feel like, no, I, no, of course. hundred percent. I mean, like I said, it's, I, I think that's something that you, that's a great thing to bring up and then I'll let you continue. But 
it's it's important. You know, I yeah. think that, you know, that's a great you want to be somewhere where you're respected. You know, and I think yeah. a lot of times that happens. You go to places and they have the the notoriety, but then you get there and you're like, oh, I feel ice and get Gatorade. Yeah, no, it's you know, and I've seen that and I've heard that. And, um, you know, from like the get go, it was just like, you know, I love the organization, like I, I like the literal organization of it, of like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if the Mets did it, but. You know, the, our you know when we had stretch in the morning, all four fields, we started at exactly the same time, and it was almost like choreographed, where like all four fields were doing the same exact stretch mm-hmm. at the same time. We we did it all one, the whole thing on one field. Really, we did the whole yes. camp on one field. That was a, that was <laughs> I enjoyed. That was my favorite part. Everybody was freak. I'm like, let me put me in. Yeah. I got this. Yeah, I mean, I remember looking out my first day. You know how they you know break everyone into groups and it's usually like the single a guys the double a guy like the projected single a double a triple a guys and i remember looking up and i was like holy shit like <laughs> this is gonna be rough like you know i memorized this you know a lot of guys had the uh you know the pamphlet out in front of them or the stretch routine for the first couple you know for first couple times i you know every day you know i memorized it so i didn't have to like refer back to it because i didn't want to get like you know how baseball guys are like, and they rip you from New York. I don't know about you, but it was coffee bagel. Like yeah, I had yeah. all these, like in the front in my face, just burning through my accent. And mine's not even that crazy, but it was yeah. just, I'd be doing stuff and guys be like coffee, coffee yeah. bagels. And you're trying to, you know, kind of figure it out. I mean, you know, they were great. It time. was good. Like I, I like that. I enjoy that kind of like locker room kind of stuff, like busting chops. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, honestly, I had a great experience. Um, I, you know, I felt like, and I've heard stories. So, I, you know, maybe I was just, I, I was just lucky. I, I really do, you know, as, as I hear more, you know, Mike head coach while I was in Florida, I you know the ongoing joke with baseball is like the bat boy has more authority than the strength. <laughs> uh, yep. At the bottom of the thing. But it was like, I mean, honestly, like I never had guys late to stretch. Like the hitting coach always made sure guys were mm-hmm. at our stretch on time. Pitching coach. Bob Malacki was a former big league player. I remember him watching up, you know, playing, you know, on the Royals, pitching against the Yankees. Like, just couldn't have been a better dude. Like, honestly, until this day, I'll still send him videos of like some of our pitchers here. And uh, you know, he'll still reach out to me. Hey, how's everything going? How's the wife? How's you know, how's the gym going? I and again, I just feel like I was lucky. I just happened to be in a group of good people, like good coaches. My minor league coordinator, Jason Meredith, whenever I would bring stuff up to him, and I didn't in the beginning, I wasn't from, I didn't come in hot from the get go and say, hey, this is what we need to do. I would, you know, I would give him some suggestions as as I got more comfortable. And he was like, all right, do it. He's like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm cool with that. Do that. Um, Just like, just, it was awesome. And it was tough for me to leave. Like, I, you know, I I wanted, I realized like after a year, as good as a job as it, it was, like, it wasn't sustainable for me as far as like the pay, as far as the traveling, I'm a guy that likes to be around my family. You know, I love mm-hmm. my parents, you know, love my brother, you know, um, just, I'm a guy that wants to be home. Yeah. And, um, you know, and with strength conditioning and baseball, the only thing is like, it's really not about, you're not doing the cool strength conditioning. You're not getting involved in the programming and stuff like that. It's definitely more maintenance oriented. Um, you know, all the fun strength and conditioning stuff that you read about that you get an interest in, you're not doing that in season at baseball. You're not yeah, just absolutely 
keep those guys healthy. You're more of an eight, you know, athletic trainer than you are a strength conditioning coach. Like you're doing some, you're doing a ton of mobility work. You're doing a ton of soft tissue work. You're stretching guys out. Um, you know, with, you know, the biggest thing is keeping the guys on the field. You know, it's not about you. It's not about your programming. It's not about what cool exercises you're giving these guys. It's just get these guys in and out of the gym, 30, 30 minutes tops, make sure they make an appearance in the gym, you know, hunt a couple guys down if you need to. Um, you know, and, and I know another baseball term I'm sure is, you know, is like you have feel. Like oh, you have to have feel. Oh like my God, feel is season is long. It and is you long. and you know, and, and for everybody listening out there, you can't really describe feel, but if somebody doesn't have it, you a hundred percent know. And and just to touch on your experience, again, I loved every minute as well. I just had problems with the the uh, above me, you know, the constant, yeah. the micromanagement, I think for me, it was, it got tighter and tighter and tighter again. You know, I, I know I do talk about it a little bit in a negative light sometimes, but I love my players. I love the season. I always said, if I could have stayed with the Brooklyn Cyclones and just there and not have to travel everywhere, I would do that for the rest of my life because, you know, to this day, it's still my favorite place I've ever coached. And I've been yeah. in big league stadiums and high level college stadiums, but I, I, I feel like there's nothing better than the middle of June, uh, you know, at Cyclone stadium under the lights at, at 7:45 with the breeze coming off of the, of the ocean in Coney Island with 15,000 yeah. people screaming and, you know, in a tight game. I mean, I, I, I would love it to death. I still talk to my players. Uh, a few of them have become, you know, will be lifelong friends. I've been to weddings and things of that sort, but yeah. much, you know, the same as you, I just loved, I think it's the camaraderie, right? Even camp, yeah. like I just love being around those guys. I mean, I think we talk about, you know, um, you know, we talked about before, you know, niche in school, right? Finding your way. I also think something that's that's maybe not talked about too is the personality of the players. Every sport has a personality, right? And for me, I didn't play baseball, I played basketball, but I got into baseball because of the personality. I just got along with that kind of ball busting, you know, yeah. you know, but, but every guy's different, right? Lefties are weird people, righties are different, you know, position yeah. guys are different than pitchers, you know, your coaches, you usually have an old salt dog in there from 1970 who tells you stories about, you know, fracturing his vertebrae and, you know, staying in the box, and then, there, yeah. you know, exactly. So I, I think, you know, you know, anybody wants to, I, I enjoyed the experience as well, but I met the players and the, the coaches I was around, you know, I had the pleasure of working with Mike Borowitz the three years, which was phenomenal. I still talk yeah. to him to this day. And, you know, he's one of the best strength coaches I've ever been around. But again, it was that experience. You know, I just had problems with a, the money, and it was kind of a combination of the, the start, the starting of the squeeze uh, yeah. to, to, to the, the sheep, if you will, you know, people that didn't ask questions, handed out fines and just did everything that they're told instead of me being like, it's raining outside. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to run sprints. It's 115 degrees out today. We're not working out, you know, things yeah. of that sort. And, 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 and then, you know, when you're not making, and I think this is where a lot of times, it, you know, it comes to the top when the stuff you have to put up with crashes into the amount of money you're making, it, it becomes a time where we have to leave. You know, if, yeah. if I was making, you know, livable money, I probably would still be there, you know, and, yeah. and you were put on some kind of trajectory, but I feel like it's, 
here's the money you're making. Do I get a raise? No. And then I don't know if you had it with you, but if somebody brings up money, they're like, cast us. Oh my God. You're, you're asking for extra real money. What are you yeah, out of your mind? Yeah. We're, we're not supposed to talk about money. We're just, yeah. We're supposed to be happy here. Cause they gave us three pairs of shorts and a Mets t-shirt, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they wash your clothes. We're not supposed yeah. to ever talk about money. Yeah. We don't need money, you know? So I think that's very interesting, but again, same, you know, same thing. I, I, the camaraderie and being around those guys and, and all that stuff was, was amazing. I just think again, coming back to it, it was, it was the money. And, and I don't, you know, in terms of that, and I, and I want to get your opinion, but I don't think it's ever going to change because they have the facade. You work for a professional baseball team or you're working for a big time college. And when you leave, there is somebody who is, there is a hundred yeah. guys chomping at the bit to dive right in there just because of the point. You know, yeah. I'm sure you got the same question. Was it amazing? It was amazing, right? I, I bet they're all in the weight room at 5 a.m. And I'm like, not to be mean, but most of them, if they had a choice, they would put their uniform on and show up to the field at 6.30 for a 7.05 yeah. game. I yeah, said some of them, not all of them, but most of them, they just want to play baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's again, like you, it's definitely more time management and just mm-hmm. like kind of getting Yeah, guys. no, no, no crazy stuff either. A box jumps yeah. about the, out of, the most out-of-bounds thing you're going to do in the minor leagues. You're not yeah, doing, you know. You know like you're doing TRX workouts attached yeah. to a fence on like a side field. Like, <laughs> And it's in and out 15 minutes. Like in a locker room that you're like, there's mercy in here. I was just talking yeah. about that with somebody. Some of the locker rooms I was in, I'm like, I'm going to get the disease. There's no yeah. way <laughs> I'm getting out of here without, you know, it's never forget your flip flops. Yeah. My foot never touched the ground in any locker room on the road at any point. Yeah. I mean, I remember Daytona beach and we were there for three days in a row and we got rain, like bad rain delays. Yeah. You're sitting in that like little trailer. You're like, <laughs> oh, man, like why we, why couldn't we like be at Clearwater right now or something like that, you know, but <laughs> It was, uh, you know, again, like it's just keeping the guys on the field was your main goal. Um, and it's just like, again, like back to the field, like, you know, you, you know, you get your conditioning protocols from the, you know, the higher ups, but when there was days, I mean, we, I, we were literally the worst team in minor league baseball for the first half. We had 11 wins. Like I, I, we lost every single way you could possibly imagine. Like we would usually mail it in in about June. Yeah. We'd play about July. We'd be in the running and then. They'd be like, okay, everybody just stop trying. Yeah. So, like, there was days, like, I was like, all right, guys, we won a game, so we're keeping – there was times when I was like, it's probably not the most – you know, the NSA of, NSA would not approve of this, but uh, I would do stretch backwards. I was like, guys, all right, we're going to switch it up today. Like, it didn't work last night. We're going to do stretch backwards. Instead of circling up first, we're going to line it up first then come back to the circle. Holy shit, that worked. We actually won a game. We're doing that again. <laughs> we're doing it like, again. We're just trying. We're trying. And it, it kind of made it. It broke up the monotony a little bit. Mm-hmm. It kind of made it fun. You know how guys are. Like, they don't want to stretch every day. Like, I had guys be like, oh, we're really stretching. I go, yeah, we're really stretching. Because if you tear your hamstring and they ask you why you yeah, tore yeah. it, and they oh, well, we didn't stretch that day. Well, whose job is on the line right now? Yep, you know, exactly. Yeah, every single day. You know that last game of the season when every guy's swinging, you know, first pitch? That's going to finish in an hour and a half. We're stretching out that day. <laughs> and like, I would switch it up. I would go along the line and say, all right, you pick the, you pick the next stretch. All right, you go, you go. And just even like how you word things, like even with conditioning and, you know, if we were supposed to do 10, 30 yard sprints that day, you know, that was, you know, brought down from the higher up. I would just say, all right, guys, if we do 10 good ones, we're done. And like, that's what we're supposed to do. But just the way you word it and say, yeah. all right, guys, if we do it good, if you guys give me hundred percent for these 10, 
that's what we're doing. And I think guys took, took a, you know, took a note of that of like, all right, he's working with us. And yeah, you know, there was times I'd cut the conditioning down. I could just look in their eyes and on a, that say, all right, these guys are shot. Like we just lost extra inning game last night. We got in the hotel room, you know, I'm cutting the, I'm cutting the condition down a little bit. These guys just look beat up. They'll appreciate that. Like, you know, I'm not telling them I'm, I'm cutting it short, you know, short because I feel bad for them. I'm just saying, all right, guys, you know, give me five and we're out of here. You know, it's yeah, just, no, that that's your definition of feel right there, but no, that's hundred percent. It's, and I think that's another thing. A lot of guys up there, they don't do that. It's what's on the paper. Right. And yeah. somebody asked me yesterday uh, on a podcast, what you know what is the hardest thing in the minor leagues right what is one of the things that you struggle with and I said you know what happens and I don't know if it happened to you because you were you know there for a season I think it happens more as you get along it's like you get so caught up in doing what's on your paper sometimes because everybody at the top only cares about the paper yeah that you forget that you're a strength coach and you're coaching human beings right I mean I will say it by the last my end of my last season, I was kind of walking around trying to get in trouble. Every time I got a call, like, what am I going to yell that for today? I mean, I got yelled at for, like I said, I, I didn't wear shoes out for warm up one day because it was 70 degrees out and there was nobody in the stands. And, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, we can stand out here, you know, bear. that was a big deal. Our guys had their glasses on their hat. That was a, a problem for a while there because yeah. it distracts from catching fly balls. I don't know because Javier Baez could catch a fly ball backwards <laughs> blindfolded. Yeah. So I don't know what glasses on your head is but the point of that is is that's what starts to happen it starts to take away things I would do the same thing if we're supposed to run 12 that day I'd say hey look give me eight good ones if you run if you're under x amount of time right it's being able to kind of manipulate those things and I think to bringing that up and I just I really always love to touch on this that is where I think the minor leagues is a place where you learn that because you can't discipline guys the same way anywhere else right you can't make guys run. Not that running is a good way to condition, but you can't single guys out. You don't have that same college camaraderie where we're all one. And if somebody does something wrong, everybody saw, you know, we we can't instill those, those levels of, of punishment is another bad word. I don't like to use, but you can't do that. So as a minor league strength coach, we have to use feel, we have to be able to look at guys, right? I'm sure you got real good at saying, your hamstrings tight. Oh, how do you know? Because when you're in the minor leagues, right? I do it all the time. Guys touch things, right? They grab, why are you grabbing your arm? Why do you ask me yeah. that? Because in the minor leagues, the guy's not going to tell you his elbow's sore. He's no. going to grab his elbow before, but he is the last thing he's going to say, right? You have guys with sprinting. Hey, what's wrong with your hamstring? My hamstring's fine. No, it's not. Right. But yeah. for me, it was, I learned how to kind of pull things out of people. And yeah. if you have kids that are defiant, if they're a high rounder, I'm sorry to tell you, you got to deal with it. So yeah. you start to say, okay, why is this kid this way? What's his background like? Why is he, you know, why doesn't he like authority or why does he this way? Or, or did something happen? Why doesn't he like the strength and conditioning? And, and it really, I, I started to be able to explain what we were doing so that guys would be bought in. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's the biggest thing I learned. It wasn't in college. It's, not to, to demand, you know, respect is always an earned thing, but it's in college, it's this is my program, and, and they're pretty much going to listen. If anything happens, you have the head coach to talk to, but, you know, you really can't go to your coordinator in the minor leagues, but like, the team doesn't listen to me. That's <laughs> not really a thing that we, we do. And the head coach, to be honest, and the pitcher coach, they could care less what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, yep. you're going to do whatever you do for 15 minutes. Great, just have them in the turtle in, at 3.30. You know, they could care less about what's, you know, really going on at, at some points. But I think it's just a big deal. You know, if you're somebody looking for something, I think it's very important, go to the minor leagues. I, I'm not suggesting, and I never suggest, if you have a job where you're at a college making money, you're living, and, you know, you have a family, 
I never suggest going in, 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 you know, um, going to the minor leagues because that money isn't there. If the money is there a hundred percent, but as part of your growing, I think the minor leagues is a great place because you are truly going to know what it means to grind and you're going to learn how to psychologically, you know, learn who people are and, and learn how to really coach people and learn how to also respect, right? Because, you know, I've heard terrible stories about, you know, guys that I, I coach with, you know, players that when they went to the next level, player, players tell them to go F themselves and, oh, you have to lift today. And, and I'm like, what? I would yeah. never stand for that. Like, that's a disaster. Like, that's the last thing that would have happened, you know, when I was a coach. But I think, you know, learning respect and body language and, and stuff like that, and especially you being with them 24-7, you learn how to carry yourself in a way where they know that, you know, you still mean business. You can be, you know, the, the fun person, but we're here to do a job and we have things to do. So I think for the yeah. minor leagues, those were really things that, um, you know, kind of helped my coaching along and, and really helped me grow as a coach as well. Oh, even something simple, and I just kind of just thought of it now, is like even for conditioning with the pitchers, um, we do like some sprints. I'm not a pole guy. I don't, I don't want to go on a tangent on it, but I'm not a <laughs> we're running poles guy. Oh, God. So just... I'd set up a cone 30 yards, and I'd stand with a baseball. I'd tell everyone to bring their gloves out, and I would just have them run pass routes. Like not yeah. like I wouldn't have them cut, obviously, but like mm-hmm. – I would get hard 30 round, you know, 30 yard routes. If I just told them, Hey, run, you know, go run some sprints, you know, you maybe get like 70%, 80% effort. These guys were running hard sprints and not for anything. One of the, you know, and they were amazed. And like even Bob Malecki going back to him, he's like, I've never seen, and he loved it. He was like, these guys are sprinting. He's like, I've never seen them sprint that hard. And goes, I'm not for anything as I, I've never seen a strength and conditioning coach know how to throw a baseball too. Cause I was like <laughs> out there throwing. And I think honestly, in a way that kind of like, and I was, it came up and I was like, yeah, I play baseball. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I play baseball up until college. I got a lot of strength. You know, I feel like that got some like respect of that. Like I knew what it was like to play baseball. Like, because he's like, oh, the last guy we had, like, had no feel, like, didn't know anything about baseball, didn't know anything about. And that's another thing. I didn't mean you to know. cut you, but that's uh, that's another thing that happens. Guys that didn't both play baseball. Not that it, I'm not saying yeah. don't play, but but sometimes you get guys that don't play sports. They don't, yeah, they never yeah. watch baseball. I'm like, well, what are we yeah. doing here? You know, not that you have to play it, but certain things I'm like, you know, you talk about certain sports and they're like, I don't know. I don't know who that yeah. is. And I'm like, you don't know who that is. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think that's a, a big deal. It, it has nothing to do with, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying that you have to play baseball to coach it and all those things, but in order to, I think there's a, you know, I don't know about now, but a lot of it is it's, it's that extra work we talked about. Right. And, and, and yeah. being able to, you know, okay. I didn't, I knew about baseball, I played baseball until 12 years old. Then I switched to play basketball, but I always I knew, understood baseball. I knew what yeah. changeups were and you know, all that stuff. But sometimes you see guys that they don't know what pitches are. They don't, they're just law. And I'm like, how would you, why would you think this is a good idea? You know, it's like you're a lawyer, but you don't like sitting at a desk and you have terrible penmanship and yeah, you yeah. can't write. I mean, it, it just, it would be unheard of, but I think again, we go back to it, strength conditioning a lot of the times. And I think we could put in this bubble. It's I was, I liked weightlifting. So I just do this thing cause it's easy and it's there. And I, I hate that, you know, that that's there, but I think that happens a lot. You know, a yeah. lot of them, Oh, I liked working out. So this is easy. And I just kind of tripped and fell into this, you know, and, and here we are. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, every single instance like that, it makes us look bad. Cause even with me, I was with a staff where 
the kids had no feel. There was no feel. It was a bunch of people handing out fines. And I mean, I remember a distinct time I had a kid who was one of the strongest people. Just as an example, he threw a full water cooler over his head like they do a barrel toss in strongman, <laughs> 10 yeah. feet into the air, Damn. onto the field. And I seen him break a bat in half by hitting it against the ground. Okay. So the kid's a monster, but yeah. didn't like the weight room, right? Had some back issues. Uh, you know, was one of those kids was a stud in high school, got drafted out of high school, never had injuries, was bulletproof, all of a sudden comes to the minor leagues, and bang, back problems. And then all of a sudden, nobody knows what to tell him and all this stuff. So what happens? You say, okay, it's this it's this weightlifting thing. Because in high school, I never had back problems. Yeah. And now I come here, you make me do this stuff that I don't really understand, and now my back hurts. And then on top of that, you know, I'm getting crap because – People are trying to tell me my back doesn't hurt when I'm over here telling you, you know, long story yeah. short, had some herniations and issues and it, and it took a long time. But the point was, I, you know, I had them, we became close, we're still close to this day. And I was able to really get along with him, right? I, I did digging and we were just, you know, perfect. He's from the Northeast. I was there and I understood he was a light guy. Hey man, just come in, do some stuff, do the basic things. I was like, if you can get your shoulder work and your mobility in, I know you don't really like lifting. And I mean, you're the strongest person that we have on the team. So I'm really not worried about you, but just get your stuff going. And, and that was it. And then he went up to the next level and I was like, Hey, you know how much I care about this kid and, and how close I am. When he gets up there, please don't make him squat 350 yeah. pounds. And with like clockwork, he texts me the first day. He's like, is this kid kidding? He's yeah. got me under the bar at 3 I'm like, I tried, man. You know, it's just, yeah. I, I don't understand. It's like, I understand what it says on the paper, but yeah. y- we don't have to do that. And when I tell you, look, the kid hit 15 home runs last year. He batted X amount of whatever. He throws 95 miles an hour off the mound for fun. He doesn't need yeah. to do all this stuff. And you just, they just couldn't, you know, we had a kid that broke the fines record one year. He gave a kid a fine because he had bronchitis and he couldn't warm up and he handed him a fine because he was like, well, I didn't hear anything from the after. And I'm like, guy, they all hate you. I hope you yeah, know that. You, and they're you, just, you're done. No, you, you can't get that back either. No, but no. it's, but they're still there. You know, yeah. the, the, the two people, they're still there. Uh, you know, and, and I, I just, it's one of those things where I'm like, it's, it's killing. It kills me. I don't understand. If somebody called me and said, Hey, I've been with this person for two years. You don't know him from anything. Don't do that. Why would you try to do something else? Because yeah. you're following directions. You know, it's like it, there's always like a vendetta, you know, I think it gets a little better, but it's always, you know, you have the thing with, with PT sometimes, you know, it's, it is getting better. Like I said, but it's between strength coaches. Like we, we always, we want to hide everything we're doing or, you know, just because you you had it for two years, I but I know better than you. Oh no, yeah. that's crazy. You know, and yeah. and I didn't say don't squat. I just said, look, he's touching about his back. So you know, after about two twenty five, you know, just just back him up. And 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 you know, just to bring it up, we were doing we were doing progressive overload in the middle of the season. He's like, oh, I want guys to squat. The, I remember the coordinator was like, oh, we need to do body weight for sets. Of t-. I'm like, oh, excuse me. You know, and, and, and I had no say. I'm like, why, why are we doing this? You know, what are we, we doing these things for? But again, that's it's it's a feel thing. And I, I think that the stuff that we touched on, it's something that it, it's, it's not I don't think it's hard. I mean, I, I think that we, we people make it too hard and yeah. and then they try to, like, control everything. It's it's a sport, everybody. It's a game. We're trying to get them good at a game. They can't play the game if they're on the sidelines and 
you know, not everybody's going to like weightlifting and, and not everybody loves the weight room in the gym. And, you know, I, I said it before when I was with playing basketball, I thought weightlifting was the stupidest thing that we could possibly do. You know, yeah. I got hurt in the weight room in high school and then college came and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going in the weight room. Yeah. So, you know, from my own experience and maybe it's that I, I was like, OK, you don't like the weight room. Great. You need to do something because nobody's on in the big leagues doing what they do who hasn't done anything. Yeah. But. At the same time, we can we can negotiate. All right, you don't like squats. Let's do a different way. Maybe deadlifts, right? Or uh, let's do box jumps and med ball throws. You know, but yeah. but you you have to be able to 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 have a lot more in your toolbox because it's not just for you and what you know. It's it's you know you could change a kid's career. You know, you yeah. could have a kid who's you know all but out of the 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 office there, ready to to turn it in. I mean, I know a ton of kids on the Mets, at least five that that in you know high double A they were on their way out big time yeah, players. Yeah. They're like, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this no more. Yeah, and, sure. you know, because of a coach, they stayed. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it happens all the time. Um, it's, it's sad. And that's what it is. It's sad. You know, they're kids careers essentially. And uh, again, when you get to that level, it's not about you. It's not about, mm-hmm. Oh, look at all this cool exercise we're doing. It's just keep these guys on the field. That's it. Yep. It's simple. It's, it's really simple. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. What for you, um, you know, we were, you know, we talked about the college. What was the biggest transition? I know we, we figured it simple, but you being like a baseball guy, you know, a lot of personality and stuff. Was it an easy transition going from college to professional? Because for me, it was it, nothing. There was no difference. I mean, it was the language. Once I learned how to, you know, speak a little Spanish and stuff. But other than that, it was like being, you know, in the same place. It was the same thing. I had no issues making that that professional jump. Um, you know, to be honest, like I worked with Hofstra softball mm-hmm. and their weight room, their sessions were at 5 a.m. They walked in as a team. They were love softball players, by the way. Too, too, they were. Yeah. I mean, I it was just it was impressive to see. Yeah. Like it was 5 a.m., you know, no laughing, no, you know, it was just get their work done, cheer, you know, cheer someone on that's you know, hitting a squat PR, hitting a, a clean PR. Um it was just, it was really, really like impressive to see. And then to go to baseball, it was like you said before, like baseball guys don't necessarily, they don't have a history of loving to work out. You know, it's like, whether it's based on like injuries or based on, you know, anything like that. And minor league baseball is a long year. So, you know, you get guys in there two, three times a week tops. I was lucky. I had really no issues. I, I think I gave a fine once to, a kid that was late to stretch just because I watched him high dip in one of the rafters in the, yeah. uh, in the, Oh, in the, the uh, dip, Oh, the dip police. <laughs> yeah. And he was, and he was late for stretch and he had, you know, he's always running up to stretch at the last moment. And finally he was just like a couple of minutes late and I saw him, he was out there, but you know, I, I think like just talking to the, talking to them and treating them like, you know, just treating them with respect and going up to the guys mm-hmm. that weren't crazy about the weight room and say, Hey, listen, man, just give me two days this week. You know, I'll come in get you in and out 30 minutes. Just get, you know, we'll foam roll you, you know, work on those hamstrings a little bit. I'll give you some, you know, some, some stuff to do for those, you know, do three sets of eight, you know, a couple things and just we'll be, I promise in and out in a half hour. And I was lucky. I didn't get any kickback from any guys, you know, from the top down. I mean, I was very lucky. Um, you know, so it was, a, it was a smooth transition for me. Um, but I tell you what, the, the biggest transition is going to be is like from general population people to like 
from that to me. Like yeah. then I, you know, once I was done with the Phillies, you know, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to do it another year. I loved it as much as I loved it. I just knew it wasn't good for me long-term and then going to general population. And like, I always wanted to work with athletes, but I'm, I'm sure they'll tell you there's, there's a lot of unemployed broke. Oh, absolutely. want to work with athletes. Yep. Yeah, Best you- advice ever. Your general pop's going to pay your bills. And that's a hundred percent. I always think, you know, anybody out there again, you know, I always like to point important things out. I understand the allure of athletes. I understand yeah. why and how, but at the end of the day, your general pop, if you do things right, you'll develop relationships and they're going to be the ones to be able to sustain your business. Athletes are great, but yeah. athletes have a, there's a, a limited ceiling. And again, if you get into the younger generation, um, you know, they're only going to be with you for a certain amount of time. If you get a kid, it doesn't matter if you have him since he was seven. Once he's a senior, either he's going to not play anymore or he's going to go to college and he's not yeah. yours anymore. And if oh, you're doing college, yeah. And if you're in college, you're going to see the kids in the off season, but once they go into college and if they go into professional, you're not the guy anymore, right? They yeah. can, you know, they, they're, they're going to, they're not sustainable. Right. And then most of the time at 35, you got to go get another one. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's something that's not, you know, not spoken about because it, it's the allure, you know, as yeah. we talked about, I said it too. I want to train athletes. I want to train people that are, you know, gung ho to work out and they have yeah. a goal. And then what happens my private clients are the best people on the planet and I wouldn't trade them for anything. And I've learned more from them than, you know, I can possibly learn from anybody else. Um, but exactly. You know, I, I think that's always something big. Make sure uh, I, I spoke to, to Bill, Bill Gillespie a few months ago, and he said that one of the biggest things that they should change is when you're coming up as a strength coach, somebody should teach you how to have an LLC and start teaching you how to run a business because yeah. nine times out of 10, that's what's going to have to happen for you to enjoy this as a lifestyle. Yeah, hundred percent true. And, you know, general population, you know, I worked at a global, I worked at a retro fitness gym for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. cause you have those daytime hours of, all right, athletes are in school. You can, you can train athletes. Absolutely. But if you're going to wait around until two 30, yeah. You know, unless you have the schedule, yeah, you're three to nine sit around and wait, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to not, you're, you're going to struggle. Yep. So, you know, I bounced around. So I, I, I worked, you know, there's a time and, you know, this is when I knew Chris and uh, when I was working at ML, like I would start at Port Jeff at 5am, you know, go to Dick's Hills, work at a commercial gym there work at a, you know, athlete gym in Port Washington or Garden City. So I was working at four gyms. I was starting at 3.30 in the morning. First client was at five and I was going till nine o'clock at night and getting home at like 10.15 from Garden City. Or, oh, it's know, a great, five. it's a great schedule. I love you know, it. Like, what's your schedule? It's, this is what I did. And like, it was just like, it, it's what you had to do. To, if you wanted to make this a career, which I wanted to, this is what I had to do in the beginning. And, um, you know, working with those general population people, it's like, Oh, I want to do, you know, I love West side barbell. So I'm going to do dynamic effort, <laughs> dynamic effort, barbell bench press. You get someone who's a, uh, you know, sits at a desk all day. You just want to get that, that you just want to get that person out of pain and just want to help them lose that last five pounds they're trying to do, or just kind of get the confidence to, for someone that's like single or newly divorced that, you know, can go, has the confidence to like go out on that date and, you know, and feel good about themselves. And, I'll tell you what, and I, you know, she, she's probably not going to listen, but she's probably not going to listen to this. Cause, but you know, one of my favorite uh, clients of all time, you know, and again, I've worked with professional athletes, you know, you know, high, you know, college guys, you know, college girls is someone who, you know, Michelle, who has just came in, you know, her daughter was training here. 
she reached out to me. It's like, I have back issues. You know, I, I, I'm in a lot of pain. She did. She had a history. She would call herself like a gym dropout where she would just go to a gym, go for a little bit and stop going, you know, go to another gym, stop going. And she started once a week. And, you know, I know like if you're a hardcore strength conditioning coach, you're going to say, Oh, you're not going to see results after once in a week. I was like, all right, fine. Once a week. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. Start there. You know, we'll, and we'll see how it is. We started once a week for, you know, maybe two months, you know, almost three. Then we went up to two, two times a week. Same thing. Did that for a little bit, felt it out. And then now for the last, I want to say three years, she's been three times a week. So consistent. So like generally happy. I can see like her, just like a confidence change with her. Like she's just so much happy to like put her socks on in the morning and not be in pain. You know, it, that's such a huge difference in someone's life is that like you can get them out of pain and make them feel happy. And just it, again, it's not about you. You know, when you're a strength condition coach, when you're a personal trainer, and I say that in quotations, mm-hmm. you have to realize one of the hardest things you have to do is realize that not everyone's going to be into working out like you are. Absolutely. Like, you know, and I, I do that. I have this joke with my accountant, like every time he asks for my like bank statements, I'm like, oh man, really? Like, <laughs> I don't like doing this stuff. That's why I hire him to do it. And it's like, I know I have to do it. And that's his job. And he helps me out. And he's awesome at it. But I think that's what you have to realize as a, as a you know, strength coach is that you have to realize that not everyone's going to love training. Sport is their number one priority or life is their number one priority or, you know, being able to, to help their, you know, play with their grandkids or that's, that's what their goal is They're, you know, they, they don't give a crap if they go to the gym five times a week, they just want to, they want to see results. They want to feel better. So as soon as you realize that not everyone's going to be into exercise as much as you, you, you are, I think that makes your job a lot easier. And, yeah, I, and sure. I really, I really do. It's like, okay, like, give me a week, give me once a week. You know, I know on paper, like, again, like that's not, you know, you're not going to see results and that's going to be tough to, you know, see, you know, results, but it's something it's a hundred percent better than what you were doing before. Absolutely. You know, and and I, I, I think it's a hundred percent better than what you did before. Yeah, no, I, I think that's something that, that you bring up that that's amazing. And I do the same thing when you know what you're doing and what you're capable of as a coach all you're trying to do is get them to dip their toe in because I do the same yeah. thing. I've had tons of clients where it's they get busy. Listen, I, I understand it. And again, we, we talk about, um, you know, I, I think you brought up a good point later or, or before, too, where it's, you know, one on one, you know, CSCS. And, and this is how you write a program. And in a perfect world, well, I wanted to bring up before and then I, I, I you know, I, I skipped over it. But uh, it's nothing's ever going to go correct. Right. And I know that it's all oh, three days are optimal in two days and you should really be in your five to six days and whatever, you know, every other post on Instagram and how many days you should be here. But yeah. the point is again, and I think it's great. What, what, what Adam brought up is that if you get them, if they don't come at all and we get them once, that's a hundred percent better. And then it yeah. comes to two. And if you are confident and you know what you're doing, we can turn the one into two because now if you give me an hour, that's more than I had before. And yeah. so I can make you feel better. Right. And then the other thing with, with those type of people that, you know, they're trying to get better at life. They want to pick the grandkids up. They want to tie their shoes. They want to do little things that you don't think about. Now, if we can make improvements with that, now we're going to get one and two, right. Then it's going to be okay. Now I need you. Right. Because you've changed my life. Right. And, yeah. and now I'm going to tell other people. And this is kind of how the business stuff works that they don't talk about at you know, in, in fitness entrepreneur class and, and all those things, it's a segue 
how do I get people in? If you have one day a week, that's fine, right? Yeah. Because it's better than zero. Now you're yeah. a client as opposed to not. And then at the other time, I mean, I, I mean, I think one of the, the things that hit me was, you know, I was training, you know, uh, I got an older population and, and things of that sort when I was at, you know, your regular gyms and, and now they're my private clients. But one time I remember I had a woman who I love to death and I, I still train her and her husband to this day. Um, but she fell one time in her backyard and she slipped and she, you know, she, she fell into something, but she, she put her foot out and she blocked herself and she grabbed something. And her daughter was like, Oh my God, if it wasn't for Joe, you'd be dead because you would have broke your hip and we would have been in, in big trouble. And she came yeah. and she said, thank you. And I said, what, what did I do? And she's like, Oh, but you, I said, well, you know, you put in the work again. It's not about you. I always say it as well. It's not about me. And, and they're, you know, thank you for this. And, and I appreciate the, the applause and, and all those things, but I'm always like, I just gave you a, a list. You yeah. came here, you did the work and you had the confidence enough in me to let me do what I do and, and to fix you. But, but again, going back, it's, those are the people that you can do. And I, I hate, Oh, they need to be here two and three times a week. Right. I've had bosses like that too. Everybody needs to train. You got to be in here three days a week. You have to lift heavy and this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to tell you that all these people could care less. Like, yeah. you know, they, they just do it, you know, and, and then when you get into a lot of the upper echelon stuff too, some people just do it to do it, right? You get in people yeah. that have money to throw in the air. Some people just do it so they can tell everybody that they go to the gym, yeah, right? Yeah. But yeah. but again, you know, some of those people, they can teach you stuff that you would never know that you, you know, accounting, right? If you train accounting, now you start understanding accounting, right? So I think, yeah. you know, the, the purpose of this is that you never want to turn away people. And I don't think that any amount of time is not enough, right? As yeah. long as you're, you know, now once a month, you know, things of that sort, uh, yeah. Not that it's it's not a positive, but I don't think you can make a you know impression. But if you get somebody to come once and then maybe go for a ten minute walk on their own as a secondary thing without you, you, you know, there's something to do with that. I, I think you know just to touch on that, I think once a week is that bare minimum, and then maybe yeah. okay, I'm going to need you to do some balance work and maybe some foam rolling on yeah. your own at your house. You know, once a month, twice a month, we really can't do that. But I think it's instead of looking at where can I, what does the book say? How, what is the least amount of time I can spend with you to make an impact? Because yeah. a lot of people too, they just don't have the time, you know, busy people. It's, you know, if it's either spend time with their children or come to the gym and hang out with you, they're going to go children, you know, and, yeah, and you can't absolutely. be mad at that. You know, you yeah. cannot uh, fault them. And also, you know, I don't believe in ever turning anybody away anyway. You know, they're reaching out to you and saying, I need help. This yeah. is the time that I have. What can you do for me? You know, and I hate that. Well, you need to be in here seven days a week, right? Because yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, you know, when I became a full-time strength coach for the first time in college, I was in the worst shape that I've ever been in because I didn't work out at all. And I just was exhausted and stuff. So I think from those experiences, I'm like, oh, I completely understand what it's like to not want to go to the gym because when you're busy, you know, you're talking about starting at three 30, right? That three 30 yeah. to 10 o'clock um, thing once you understand that, you're like, okay, now I know what these people are. So imagine if I wasn't in this industry, right? And imagine yeah. if I did something else, yeah. how, how, how gung-ho would I be to kind of run into a gym the second I get done with my 14, 15 hour day? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I just want to, you know, go through, you know, we, we've been through the, so what led you to, to kind of start your own business and, and, you know, where did that, that drive kind of come from? And then, uh, maybe just get into the transition and some of the ups and downs, especially 
what went on with with the COVID and and all that stuff. But but you know, just start from the beginning. You know what yeah. what made what got you into the transition and and kind of how it's been and, and what are some of the trials and uh, tribulations that you've dealt with uh, before COVID. And then we'll go into the the, yeah. the 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 gorilla in the room, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, like once I started getting into strength conditioning about uh, what was it like 2010? You know, I was interning. You know, working a construction company interning at a gym like after that you know and then going to night school at suffolk and that's before i went to, i always wanted a gym i you know i always did i always mm-hmm. kind of envisioned we played them in basketball by the way they destroyed us when i was really? yeah when i played basketball in college yeah they're i mean they're oh. good school i got good experience there they beat us by 55 points we actually <laughs> side note we fought each other uh, we our team fought our team in the park really? we had to be separated by security guards because they beat us by 60 points Oh, that's it was, a good time. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, time. yeah. good, good camaraderie <laughs> on the basketball team. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, good. yeah, with the yeah. So like, I always envisioned myself <laughs> having a gym. To be honest, like when I was working out at gyms, like you know, myself training, <laughs> I would always envision my you know, I'm gonna own a gym one day. And I'll be completely honest; it's exactly opposite of what I have right here. It is. It was like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have chains. You know, I was a big Joe DeFranco fan. Uh, oh, love him. Fan. Yep, me too. Love like, those are my guys. Like that's mm-hmm. my. You know, there's Derek Jeter, Joe DeFranco. Like those are guys. Like I, you know, I've looked up to. Everybody out there, go look up Joe DeFranco Joe and Lewis Simmons. Change your life, man. He's you know he's got the resume. He's he he hasn't you know he's been in this business long. Him and Mike Boyle. You know, again Eric Cressy again, but. Uh, you know, and it's, uh, you know, like I said, it was chains, chains, you know, bench press, heavy squats, heavy deadlift, Metallica blasting on the speakers, everyone's throwing weight around. It's in a warehouse. It's, you know, with the garage doors up and it's exactly what I don't have here. <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, it's kind of the way it played out. I was working, you know, again, you know, jumping around, going to gym, the gym. And it was a Sunday and I, you know, I kind of, like I left the, the Dix, the Dix Hills gym Cause I, I felt I had a future with the one place, you know, which I, you know, that's how I know Chris from. Yep. And, uh, and Mike, you know, great guys love them by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, they're uh, awesome. I, I went to school. With Chris is great. And then Mike, I had the pleasure of finally meeting and yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's what nice I met. Yep. Yeah. And I met, you know, I still met some good people that I'm good, you know, close friends with there. Um, and then there was a Sunday and he's like, you know, the owner called me. And it's like, you know, listen, he's like, I'm closing, poor wash down. And that's where I was for the most part of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right off the bat, you're losing 50% of your income. And I was like, all right, when? And he's like, effective tomorrow. I was like, oh, damn. I was like, all right. And like, like I said, I always envisioned, you know, having my, you know, having a gym. Like this was the end play. This is why I didn't stay with the Phillies. Cause I knew I did want to go in the private sector of owning my own place. And, um, I was kind of like speechless. I, I, you know, I was like, it, it was, I was hurt. Like I, I felt like, you know, I, I was driving again. I'm not trying to play up how much I worked and stuff like that. You know, as your strength coach, as a trainer, we all go through it. So, you know, I'm not putting myself on a, you know, you know, pedestal or look at me, whatever. But I feel like, you know, I volunteered to drive all over Long Island from Port Jeff to Port Washington and to like get that snatched away from me and lose 50% of my income. And like, I was like, all right, what am I going to do? And he's like, oh, I don't know. We'll figure something out. And I was, I could just tell he's like, what, what that meant was we're not figuring out. You're just going to lose 50% of your income. I was like, all right. All right. You know, it is what it is. And I literally went upstairs. I remember where I was when I got the phone call. I remember where, what kind of weather. I mean, I remember it to the D like it was yesterday. 
I was like, all right. I just went out, pulled on my laptop, typed my resignation letter. And I said, you know, this is what I'm going to do this the right way. You know, first and foremost, I never one, if I can give any advice, don't ever burn any bridges. Absolutely. In this field, you don't know who you're going to come across. You don't know who's going to be referring you to someone. I will never burn any type of bridge, no matter, you know, what it is. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this the right way. It sucks. You know, it is what it is. Um, you know, there's, and there's never going to be a right time to start a business. There's nope. never going to be, you know, if I wait for the stars to align and say, all right, I got this much money. I have this much clients that said they're going to come and they blah, blah, blah. You're going to be waiting forever. So I went up, typed my resignation letter. I was like, all right. You know, I went up to our office manager and I was like, can I talk to you after, you know, today? She's like, she stopped in her track. She's like, you're done. Right. I go, yeah, I'm done. I was like, here's the resignation letter. Like, and she's like, I don't blame you. She's like, you know, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, so I did that and, you know, I did the two weeks. I, you know, I helped train my replacement essentially, you know, again, you know, just try to do the right thing. And, um, you know, and then those two weeks went up and I was like, all right, um, kind of have no job right now. So I actually went out back to, I worked for a pool company in like college, like, you know, as like a summer job, helping them out with like just different odds and ends. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this to put some money in my pocket and, you know, just kind of fill the void of just, I'm never going to not have a job. Like I'll never be that person that's just going to sit on my butt and just kind of wait for stuff. So I did that. It was kind of like humiliating, you know, to be honest, it was very humbling to be like, I remember when I was in, I went to the army and I was like, Holy shit. I'm never going to have to do pools again. This is the best feeling in the world. And fast forward, (laughs) God, you know, 10 years later, I'm like, I can't believe and it was nothing against them. It was just like, you know, it was just not a job I thought you did at my age that you wanted to be a strength conditioning coach. But I was like, all right, I'm going to use this money. You know, I'm going to put some money. You know, I've been putting money away from the get go. But I was like, all right, I'm going to just save as much money as I can. And, you know, days I didn't do that, I went to the uh, Smithtown Library and I made it like a job. I would go there. They opened at 10 a.m., believe it or not. And I remember the first day opening up my laptop and literally typing in the words. And I've said it on, you know, some kind of uh, interview before I typed in how to start a business. And I just took it from there. And yeah, you know, the internet's a great place. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I literally typed in how to start a business and I looked up, you know, what, um, what locations had like the most schools. I realized that like high school kids were going to be my target audience. So I typed in what, areas along Long Island have the most schools within a 10 mile radius. Cause I felt like that's a, you know, a fair amount of miles to drive as a, you know, as a parent. Um, I found a couple of locations. It was between here, it was Hop Hog, Dix Hills and Ronkonkoma. Okay. And for me, I Hog, in for a little while. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Hop Hog always stuck out to me and it's kind of embarrassing, you know, probably that's the best decision, you know, business decision to bring this up. I actually had to go to summer school one year in high school. So I was like, you know what? Me too. No big deal. Math. Yeah. So, you know, never, I, like, I never passed math from the yeah, time they so started giving it. I was like, nope. And then. Yeah. It's, so it's not something, you know, I look back and it's like, at the time I was like, that was one of the worst times of my life. Like I was just embarrassed. I remember my dad going, man, he's like, for someone that hates school, you figure out how to go more. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's impressive. So I was like, all right, it's kind of like a full circle thing for me. Yeah. Like, you know, I lived in Smithtown, St. James. So I really had no ties to Hop Hog, but just seeing Hop Hog, kind of like stuck out to me. I was like, all right, this is a way to kind of like come full circle. So, you know, I did that, like going to the library and like looking for a location was my job for the time being. So this was like 
you know, I signed the lease here in November 23rd, 2016. And, uh, you know, before I, you know, you know how it is like, you, you know, getting a business up is just, it's a pain in the neck, you know, all the legwork you have to do, yeah. all the permits, all the, you know, inspections, you know, luckily like it was a blank slate, you know, I had to come in and paint and, you know, I had friend, I had great friends and family that helped me put sheetrock up and help me, you know, all that constructions type, you know, very grateful. Anyone that says they started a business on their own is, is, is lying by the way. You know, I oh, was no, lucky no. where no, I you're had, right. hundred percent. Cause just to touch on that, I have an online business and, and it's from people. It's not for yeah. me. It's, you know, it's one of those things that you, it kind of happens all of a sudden. And then you, then you're like, okay, what am I doing? And then the people that, that help know, of course, I, I think that that's the best thing. There is no, I started on my own. It's, yeah. I mean, I think. I, I know it sounds know. cool, but uh, it's not the truth. You know, so I was lucky. I had, you know, my cousin, Eric would come after work and just help me like put up sheetrock, help me spackle. My brother, you know, couldn't help me out more. You know, he was just, again, coming from work, just help me out. My buddy, Danny, you know, everyone just stopping by, just doing whatever they could. Um, you know, my, my girlfriend, she was my girl. She's my wife now, but my girlfriend at the time, she was probably like, what the hell did I get into? Hey, do you know how to hang sheetrock? <laughs> she's like, what? And what? She's like, he's got no job. He's just cleaning pools. Now he's starting to open up a gym. She's like, oh man. She's like, I don't blame her. You know, she would have second guessed herself, but uh, she was awesome. She helped me paint. She was there for me. Never gave me a hard time. Like we struggled, you know, and it, it's what it is when, I mean, I remember when it was all said and done, when I got like the permits and everything like that. And I was like, whoa, I don't know, man. Like this may, you know, everything adds up equipment, you know, flooring, turf, you know, turf, you know, all the permits for, you know, mm -hmm. inspections, electricians, all that stuff. And, you know, you're driving all around and you have to get signatures. Stuff has to get notarized. And it's just like, holy cow, like this is, this is a lot of work. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, I think like buying the minimum, like the minimum amount of equipment from the beginning is, is definitely a great piece of advice I give to someone is like your gym. I look at old pictures of the gym and it's like, it's, it's not going to be, you know, don't let, don't think that your gym is going to be the way it, when you start up, that it's going to be the only way it is like mm -hmm. piece it together buy you know, see if you can find stuff online that maybe use that's in good shape or you know, you don't have to get the top line of equipment right off the bat. Like, you know, I, you know, my, my friend Chris reached out to me. He's like, yo, is this gym that's, you know, getting rid of some stuff, you know, let's go pick it up. And we went in my car and his car, we picked up these dumbbells are rolling around in the back of my car. Then I went with my friend Danny to pick up a cable machine. You know, we had to take it apart. I rented a U-Haul. Like, oh, that's fun. If, back, anybody, like, if anybody out there hasn't done that, take apart a take apart a cable machine with those weights yeah. and try not to and break your fingers and hands. So it was a it was a nightmare. But you know, it just you know those those were times like you're looking back, and I was like, you know, at the time, like this is stressful. What did I get myself into? I got this big empty gym with no one here right now, and it's like, you know, there is no power. You know, like I love this story of like Nick Fanti, and like I was training Nick Fanti kind of under the table at the, you know, not the best stand-up thing to do is that, you know, I used to work out at New York sports club by me and I went up to the owner. I was like, listen, I have a friend who's coming home from college. You know, he doesn't want me to help, you know, help him work out. Is that all right? You know, is it okay if I just kind of help him out? I'm not like looking to steal clients and the guy that owned it, uh, you know, I was going there for years and years. It's like, yeah, sure. Adam, he's like, no problem. He's like, just don't make it obvious. 
So I'm training Nick there. Sure enough, the guy that said gave me the okay got fired. So oh, I'm training him, and I'm kind of making it obvious. Like Nick would be in the squat rack doing squats, and I'd like, you know, like a meathead, just grab dumbbells. If one of the trainers came over and just started doing curls, <laughs> make it look like, you know, I'm not doing any lower body But stuff. I also think, though, just to bring up that point, I think once you're a strength coach, it's impossible not to do that because I do it with my friends, and I don't – they don't pay me money. Like, yeah. I'm just – you're just naturally inclined there. But, no, I, I think, you know – that's one of the hard things, you know, it's, it's, you talked about it before. And I just, I, you know, to bring it up a lot of times too at gyms, they don't want you to do that. And you're like, listen, I'm not going to steal anybody. Yeah. Can I train? And it becomes this giant instead of like, you know, I think gyms would make a lot more money if they, I used to work at, you know, doing the rent thing or, or yeah. saying, look, you're going to sign a piece of paper that says, I'm only going to bring in people that I, you know, that I know, you know, if you signed yeah. all the proper waivers, I'm not saying I understand business and I get that, but I also think it makes it very hard on, you know, trainers. Cause especially where you live, you know, when I was in the city, there's gyms everywhere, but like up where I am now, they don't have that here. There's no, yeah. you know, everyone's, Oh yeah. Why don't you go train people? I'm like, we don't have studios here. You know, yeah. there's, there is none of that. You know, and like I said, we weren't obvious about it. Like, I, you know, I think I did a pr- fairly well job and it was just one trainer that kept kind of, following us around and like i saw her talking and like one day she's just like i know you're training them stop doing it and she went and got her manager and like we me and nick were friendly to everyone like you go to gyms in the morning it's all older people and like yeah, they don't you know, care we knew each other we'd just say don't spend there. more than 10 minutes on the cable machines unless they stare at you but other than that yeah you know, right? yeah exactly like everyone had like their own mm-hmm. like kind of thing you know we we joke around about and like we again it was obvious i wasn't taking anyone i wasn't saying hey you know here's my business card when do you come to my gym when i open it up I was just there to train Nick and that was it. So we finally got thrown out. It was, you know, it was a, it was a bad, no, it was kind of embarrassing and I, you know, I get it, but, and I was like, all right, I guess this is the end of Nick Fanty. You know, I guess I just lost my first like big league, you know, pro client. And he's like, let's just go to your place. And I was like, what do you mean? Like this, like, again, like going back to, I don't know if I jumped around, but I had my place, I signed the lease, but I just had no power. I had no electricity, electricity. I had no floor you know, waiting to get all those permits and everything. It's just, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, like it's a process. Yeah. Literally just, it, it's out of your control. Your, your fate lies in other people's hands, you know, and it, it's frustrating. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, we'll figure it out. I was like, yeah, we will figure it out. So like I had bands and stuff and you know, there's, and I, I post this picture or video of Nick when he's doing like uh, lateral broad jumps and like it's tied to a, a ladder and I'm standing on the ladder so he doesn't go flying. Like we're doing, like I'm standing on a ladder and he's doing like band rows or, you know, stuff like that. We improvised. We did the best we could. Um, you know, the day my equipment got there, we stayed there all day. He helped me unload it and we deadlifted that day. Like for me, I'm not, I don't know, I'm, uh, you know, blowing smoke up Nick's butt, but uh, I'll be forever grateful for that. For a lot of guys, they would have left and say, all right, I'm going to a real gym with like heat and like mm-hmm. power and lights. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. Like you're a professional athlete. That's, you know, that's what you should do. And uh, to me, he'll always, you know, have a you know place in my heart because he stuck it out with me. And, um, you know, so that was that. And, you know, that's how it got started. And you know, I think, I feel like a lot of trainers feel like, all right, the next step, I, you know, I'm a trainer. The next step should be, you know, I don't like working too much. So it's like, you know, again, like I'm working all over, you know, I'm working, I'm, or I'm going to own a gym. I don't want to work as much. So I'm going to own a gym. Yeah, if, I think uh, I've talked to so many people just as a side, I I've always been 
I always like the the renting and the online because the owning the gym, I've been to so many and I'm like, I've seen the people that own them and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you get a job and the guys in the office just looks like he hasn't yeah. slipped and, and I'm like, I don't want to do this, you know? Yeah. And that's always the thing. I, I don't know if it's to touch, I don't know if it's ego or, or something, but some people, it's always the thing. I, I mean, I've, I've talked to a ton uh, sometimes and I'm like, why do you want to do that? You know? Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I just, you know, I mean, I get, you know, if you want to, if you have the resources, but I think you're right. You know, if you're a trainer and you have clientele, I don't know where the thing is. Okay. I have 10 clients now. Let me go. Let me go find things to spend money on and, and, you know, do all these things. And I think something you brought up too, was great was the amount of stuff that you have to do, right? You didn't even go out and buy. It wasn't like you bought a whole gym full of Kaisers, but you had to wait on permits and pain and things. And you have to spend, you know, money on all those things. And and that's what I said, you know, for anybody out there listening, if you want to do this, I think the first thing, because I did it years ago, I added up all the equipment that I wanted and I had it on the bottom and I said, yeah, there's no way I'm going to do this. And it wasn't crazy. You know, I wasn't having, you know, I didn't have like a, you know, treadmills that were embedded in the ground, but I was just adding up little things and I'm like, this is ridiculous, you know? And I think, you know, this was years ago, but me and my friend did it. And for bare minimum on like maybe 3000 square feet, it was like $200,000 after all said and done with just flooring a few machines and some squat racks that, you know, you didn't get tetanus when you touched and we were like, no, this is, you know, this is way too much. You haven't lived until you (laughs) add up all your equipment and hit the add to cart when you start a gym and you're like, (laughs) all right. Like you're like, Oh man, you hit it. And you're like, Oh, like, it's just that feeling. You're like, Oh my God. Like, I can't believe I just did that. But uh, yeah, like, you know, going back to, you know, again, I'm not, you know, blowing, you know, pumping my tires, but remember I was saying like driving from Port Washington to Port Jeff, you know, when you own a gym, when you own a business, you know, not even a gym, but you work seven days a week. It's just like Sundays, like, yeah, I have, you know, you can make your own hours and stuff. If you want to, you know, you know, seven, you know, this weekend, I'm not watching football. I'm cleaning the toilet bowl, mopping the floors, vacuuming and writing programs. And I'm not complaining. That's what I signed up for. It's not like, but you know, everyone thinks like, oh, you get to make your own, make your own hours, you know? Yeah. I, again, I'm cutting out of here early. It's not a good example, but I'm cutting out early to go to the Yankee game. I, you, you only cause I know the gym's slow today. And like, I could do that. Like, you know, my, my wife, now my, my now wife, and I have been on, we just went on like a two day kind of trip to Baltimore mm-hmm. and we only took one other vacation. So, you know, we've taken a week vacation and a two day trip to Baltimore in seven years, just because the gym has been first, you know, priority. And it's just like, and you're again, like, I'm very lucky. She's an understanding of that. It's like, we didn't go on our honeymoon because I didn't close the gym. You know, I got married on a Friday. I was here Saturday morning, you know, just kind of, clean it up a little bit and you know you know i obviously wasn't here all day but it's like there's no like time off like you know it's Mm -hmm. not the by owning a business is not like oh you know just come in and out when you want it's a seven day out you know seven day a week thing it is like kind of it's 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 your life it you know it really is and it's like again like i'm lucky i have a wife who is very understanding and i and every day i'm so grateful for it but it's like that's going to get old soon. Like, you know, one vacation in seven years and the only two day trip we, again, we went Monday to Wednesday in Baltimore just, you know, two days ago. I only just, I was like kind of going back and forth. Should I go? Should I close the gym? Should I not? I was like, I gotta, I gotta start doing this. I gotta start like stepping away from the gym for a little bit. Yeah. And like that being said, like this summer, I finally hired my first employee, which you know took a lot for me to do, you know? And it was just like, 
oh, I don't, you know, I could do it all myself. You know, I, I you know, I can do it. It's, you know, it's my name on the place. Like I, I should be able to one that does everything here. Tell you what, hiring someone and the person I did, one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, you know, kind of, you know, she's a former uh, client of mine. She's, you know, she still is, she's still trans here, Haley. I mean, just, you know, put another couple of years back on my life, to be honest. Like she yeah. was just a lifesaver for me. Like, you know, social media stuff, all the administrative stuff, like, you know, just, I feel like, you know, she just took so much off my plate that like, A, I kept putting off because I didn't have the time, you know, cause my job is to train people too. It's not like, you know, if so-and-so comes in and they need a new program and it's not there, you're like, well, you know, it took, I had to do a social media post about, you know, arm care. So I didn't do your program. Like, that's not fair. That's, that's not right. So having someone to do that and give me a hand with stuff was one, one of the best decisions I ever made. And, you know, and it was just like, all right, like it, it was like a big step for me to be like, all right, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to sit down and be like, I need help doing some stuff. Like I can't do this on my own. You know, it's time to take the gym to the next level. And to do that, you're going to have to, you know, hire someone. And, you know, again, you know, it's, it's got, you got to hire the right person first and foremost, you know, someone that you trust, someone that is reliable. And, uh, you know, she was that person, but it's just, again, like a big step for me. It's like, cause you have this conception of, you know, oh, I got to do everything myself. Like I, you know, I got to, you know, hashtag no days off, you know, like the grind, blah, 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 and all that stupid shit that, you know, trainers and strength coaches say, but you know what? It's not going to be the end of the world if the gym closes for a couple of days. So I can kind of like refocus, you know, spend some time with my wife, you know, have, you know, have, have a happy, you know, home life and then come back refreshed and just, you know, stay focused. You know, it is normal to, you know, in a way it's kind of, you know, you, we romanticize again of like no days off and all that stuff, but it's like, you know, you get burnt out. And when you get burnt out, you're not your best and, you know, it's not fair. So you think, you know, you're doing this like honorable thing by not taking any days off. And essentially you're being selfish because there's going to be a time you hit a wall. There's going to be a time that, you know, my health, my health was kind of like, I had some issues going on and like even showing kids exercise and stuff. And, you know, for the last few months, like, you know, doing, doing a lot of things hurt me. And I was like, I can't get by by doing this. Like, it's not fair to them. Like I'm trying to explain like a Turkish get up to someone. Mm -hmm. You can't do that, you know, verbally, you have to get on the floor and show them. So, you know, when I'm showing them, I know it doesn't look great. Or I know, like, I'm trying to show them verbally. I'm like, that's bullshit. Like you gotta, if you're hurting, something's wrong. You gotta go check, get checked out. Or if you need a day off or something, you gotta do that. And, uh, you know, de- you know, definitely, you know, the last couple of months have been like, you know, wake up call for me is like, all right, you know, this is going to be, you know, you got to change some things a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, the COVID stuff too. And, um, yeah, no, I just, I just want to touch on though, you know, the point to everybody, you know, if you're thinking about, I think it's great that, that you brought up those things. And, and I think that one of the things that's not talked about either is when you start a business, you should try to you know, groom somebody almost as early as you can, you know, because again, you don't want to end up, you know, it's, I feel like just as strength conditioning and training, I mean, you know, up until before COVID, I was waking up at three o'clock and, and going to sleep at 1130, you know, not that I'm not bragging or saying it's good. Yeah. I, I was miserable and, you know, a uh, little overweight and didn't work out and I was exhausted and miserable. I mean, you know, let's just put it, you know, when you're, when you're, when your best 
you know, best part of the day is the Sunday when you're off and you just sit on the couch after you wake up at 1130 and you start the television, you know, and you don't really want to do anything. That is stuff that you have to start to look at. Right. But I think, again, you talk about, it's like our badge that we owe as a strength coach, no days off. We work 20 hours a day. I, and I, I sleep for two hours and then I ride my bike to work and then I work all day and then I work out on my lunch break. And I'm like, yeah, that's great, but that's not healthy. You know, and we're promoting that. And then just to, to wrap it around with the business part, it's, you know, um, that, you know, you, you should be trying to get somebody in there and to teach them, right? Not only, you know, you're, you're going to help other people, but also so you can get out of the gym. Because I don't yeah. like, you know, when they talk about grinding, right, and you see these things, your, your Grant Cardones and things, that's what they mean. But at the same time, they they do a different, it's it's a little bit different, right? It's It's a passion mixed with different things. And they're not in a fitness industry, like you said. And, and I think it's, it's something that's undervalued. And, and it used to hit me all the time as well. When you're warming up, you know, when you're providing energy hour after hour after hour at a performance facility, it takes energy away from you, right? It, it messes yeah. around with that sympathetic nervous system and you don't notice that, that it grinds on you, right? I'm not saying that people in business have easier things and they're not as stressful, but I do think that going to a meeting, you know, or training four classes at full energy, there's, there's a whole different dynamic that it comes with. And I think that that comparison between owning my own company and owning a gym and running that way are two very, very different things. And I think it, we kind of get kind of molded into the the side uh, of, of that because of the point that, you know, people related to a regular business and it's not, you're not running a, a, a law firm or, or one of those things. Not that those things aren't difficult and I'm not taking anything away from those, yeah. but I think that people try to give you advice based on that. Oh, yeah. well, so-and-so does that, right? Elon Musk runs SpaceX. Yeah, that's great. But he also has people that help him. He's going to change the world if he sends us to Mars, but it's, it's, it's a little bit different, but I think just to round it up is that you want to make sure that you're also setting yourself up. You, you create your own business because you want, Ultimately, we want a schedule where you can spend time with your family and, you know, you don't want to be stressed out and have high blood pressure at 45 when you're supposed to be teaching others how to live better. Yes, 100%. You know, spot on. And again, yeah, just real quick. Yeah, just to touch on the on the COVID stuff, uh, just a little bit, just just your experiences and then how it was. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, it couldn't. It happened at a a real rough time for me. Um, You know, I just renewed my second lease, you know, my. Uh, so I just, I did that mid, mid February. And then like a week before that, I put new turf down. So, you know, the price of turf is not, oh, yeah. you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of money, you know? So within a five week span, I s- spent a lot of money on turf and renewed my second lease for three more years. I was like, man, things are going good. You know, I just had, you know, put a lot of money down for the turf, you know, renewed my second lease. That's like a big, big step. And then five weeks later, the world stops for mm-hmm. gyms, essentially. And uh, it was tough. I'll be honest. Like, you know, there, you know, what was tough is that you didn't know there was, it seemed like in a way there was like no end in sight sometimes. And, you know, I know some, some places try to get around, oh, I'm not a gym. I'm this time of that. I'm a gym. You know, I'm proud to call myself a gym. I really am. And, um, you know, I know, it was, we, it was on uncertain times. Like there was no playbook for what we went through. So I get closing down for a little bit and, you know, and I may be in the minority, but I, I was, you know, I, I understood it. You know, that being said, I didn't understand why some things were open and, and why some things were closed. 
So I did play the game and say, hey, listen, you know, like we're going to close down. You know, we don't know what this is. We, you know, I'm not a scientist. I, we don't know what this is. And, uh, you know, I closed down for a little bit. And, you know, I did play the game and I waited for the curve to flatten and all that. And um, not to get on a tangent here, I'm going to try and keep myself composed. But uh, there was a time I was coming home from my brother's house and I'm driving around. Sun- we're driving along Sunrise Highway. Driving home, you see liquor stores open, you see McDonald's open. And for, minute, for, for what did it for me is when I saw like an adult shop open. So those three things, you're putting those three things priority over our health and gym, you know, mm-hmm. and, and our wellness. And I'll never forget, I texted, you know, my main morning group of like people that I knew were itching to come back. I go, hey, listen, as of tomorrow, because this is a Sunday, I go, as of tomorrow, you, you know, you guys are more than welcome to come to the gym. You know, we're going to be careful. We're going to wear masks. We're going to go in through the back door. We're going to keep the blinds shut. We're going to um keep the music down we're gonna be in and out you know we're gonna work fast we're gonna work quiet but after seeing those places and again like this wasn't right away this was after being closed for a month you know three four five weeks i don't remember the exact date but once i saw those places open and i saw i saw where jim stood and i knew i wasn't i knew i kept my facility clean and i'll you know i don't brag about much i don't you know i'm pretty humble dude i know my gym's clean you know, I take pride in that, you know, for military, I take pride in being organized and clean. I, I knew we were going to be all right. I, I knew I was, I knew the people that I was asking to come back were going to be responsible. I know they weren't going out all over the place. And I was like, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do our thing. And, uh, and no issues, obviously, you know, no one got anything, no one, no outbreaks, no, uh, no issues. You know, we kept everything quiet. We, you know, Again, ethically, should I have been open and did I break the rules and all that? And yeah, I guess so. But you know what? Yeah, but again, I had to pay my rent. Up, but again, rent. you know, there there was no but again, there there was no this is what you're supposed to do instead, right? You just can't yeah. shut down. And again, it's the same thing that I talk about still to this day, and I've gone off on it in several podcasts. There is no take your vitamin D and exercise to right now. There's none. Let's all no. sit on the couch and take pills and let's yeah. all get a vaccine and let's all stay away. What and it's, I'm like, what are we doing? Right. Yeah. You, I, I know what we're doing. I'm just saying, do you really, you know, is that something, you know, and that's what I'm talking about. I think, you know, when they talk about the restaurants and the gyms, it's destroyed the gyms because, you know, it's all oh, gyms are, I'm like, how are gyms terrible? My whole thing. I'm like, people that go to gyms don't get sick in case anybody wants to know, yeah. you know, and, and it's the constant, but then it's like a slap in your face. Oh, but McDonald's is open. Oh, but these other places are open. Yeah. So I can go to McDonald's and get all the cheeseburgers I want, but I can't go to my gym you know, that's there. I go to Walmart, but I can't go to the gym, you know? So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Why isn't there a health thing, right? Why, what is the problem, right? It's always like, and it's the pharma, right? Right. Let's make billions and billions and billions of dollars because you could run outside or you take a pill, right? And still to this day, and Joe Rogan touches on it all the time. And I try to talk about it as much as I can, you know, it's either exercise or take a pill. They want you to take a pill, right? And I think I think Big Pharma would love to see everybody sit on a couch so bad that you can't move and yeah. you just take pills so you can stay alive and pay more bills. I mean, I just think it's, you know, it's it's ridiculous, you know? And then it's, you know, people, oh, the gym, the, the stuff. I'm like, how many other places 
before COVID, do you know, that are usually required to wipe things down with sprays and disinfectants? Because every gym yeah. I've ever been to from since I started this, I don't know, 15, 17 years ago now, we've always wiped things down. We've always cleaned things and everything has always been sanitized. And like, even what I mentioned before, like when I was going through a tough time in my life, you know, I just didn't know what I was doing in my life. I didn't, you know, again, the gym, I don't want to say yeah. like save my life, but it was an outlet for me to be like, it, it gave me a couple many hours, times. you know, and it was just like, that was a way for me to like, kind of just get through the day. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't know which way to put it. It was just like something I look forward to something. I was able to, it was an outlet for me, you know, mentally and physically. So, you know, to, to take that away from people and I'm sure I'm, I'm not alone on that. So, you know, Oh no, for was, me it was terrible. I was, yeah. I was working on people's garages. I'm like, I can't do this. People are like, what? Yeah. I'm like, I can't work out outside. This doesn't yeah. work. So, you know, and it was just like, and not for anything, again, I'll put my gym, Department of Health can come to my gym whenever they want, mm -hmm. can inspect it from head. And that being said, and I do think gyms should be accountable. And I do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I do. If, if we get to the point of gyms, Department of Health coming in and getting graded or something, is that something that could be on the table? I would be, I would be okay with that, you know, because I feel like gyms should be accountable for being clean, being safe, being, you know, sanitizing, things like that. I'm sure that are there are gyms that aren't, you know, I, I know that there's some lazy gym owners, some lazy gym employees that I've worked at a gym where I saw, I was like, yeah, we're not doing anything on the floor because God knows when the last time <laughs> was clean. So, you know, we're doing all standing up exercises for the foreseeable future. One of the weight rooms I worked in starting out had carpet on the ground. There you go. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole hole at all. Yeah, yeah. Sure oh, there was there was some stuff in there. We had a whole yeah. petri dish going on in that. Yeah, so like, you would itch if you went on the ground. Yeah, and I take pride in keeping this place clean. Again, you know, Sundays I'm here. You know, every day I've never not sanitized something. You know, I stand by that. Again, it's gyms I've worked at that I've done a great job of that, and I've learned from them. And it's like. You keep the place clean. People are paying money to be here. It's your responsibility to keep them safe, keep them yep. clean. And I've worked at gyms that didn't do a good job of that. So I do think gyms should be accountable for, to an extent, is it going to be extreme as far as like, again, getting graded like restaurants? Yeah, but and honestly, food? why isn't that a thing? Okay, it sucks, exactly. but, but that's better than closing. Yeah. Okay, you want to come here? Great. You can, you can, you can petri dish the ground. That's great, but don't close. And Jen just say, well, you can't go here because it's, Oh, we're stopping. Give me a break. You know, it's just yeah. the whole, you know, Joe, I had some, I, when department of health came here the, for the inspection, the lady comes in, she goes, I hope you're going to be better than the two gyms. I just went to and failed. One guy had no hand sanitizer. I go, how the hell can you have no hand sanitizer? <laughs> like during all of this, like, yeah. Hey, you had more than enough time to like, make sure you're ready. Go out and get hand sanitizer. Oh yeah, really? Go get, yeah. Exactly. Go get, I feel like if there's one thing that's going to be on one A of your checklist, it's going to be hand sanitizer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no hand sanitizer in your facility at all. And it's like, unfortunately there's, there's gyms like that. You know, there's business owners like that, that are say that just fly by the seat of their pants. And there's just like, they just wing it day to day. And it, you know, and fortunately that's that we go, we all got grouped into those gyms. Like gyms mm -hmm. got grouped into those people that don't keep their places clean, that don't aren't organized, don't, that are cheap, that don't want to, you know, provide stuff. Oh, it's not my job to provide hand sanitizer for someone or, you know, stuff like that. That that's bull crap to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Keep it clean. You know, it's not expensive, you know, and, you know, don't, don't, that that's a joke to me. 
So, you know, unfortunately there was gyms like that. That's what it means. Like there's gyms that are dirty and we all got grouped into that. And, you know, that wasn't fair, but again, I, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, Oh, I would have done this. I would have done that. You know, this was unprecedented times, you know, and I, like I said, I played the game for a little bit, but I, you know, I had to pay my rent, you know, I didn't get it, you know, not to get on a tangent, not poor me, but I fell into a category of just having, no employees. Well, I didn't pay your money. I know they 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 passed that thing. Yeah, they're trying to get it. Yeah. Oh, the gyms, gyms up here that are pushing for the uh, yeah for the the business thing. Yeah, you know, I handed all my expenses into. You know, we had a we had a uh, lawsuit going on against the state. You know, you had to hand in all your expenses. You know, what you pay for rent, what you pay for heat. You know, electricity, all that stuff. Listen, if I see a dollar, great. I I already lost it in my eyes, and um, you know, I'm happy. I'm up to. You know, I didn't skip a beat with the landlord because landlords had bills to pay too. So, I, you know, that's another thing is that people were like, oh, I can't believe, you know, you paid your landlord. Or I was on a gym group where like everyone was just kind of like bragging how they didn't pay their landlords or you know, called people crazy that were doing it. Like they got bills to pay too. And like, you know, you could say, oh, I love my job. And like, you know, I, you know, but unfortunately it comes down to money. You know, if you don't pay your rent you're not gonna have a job you could love it as much as you want your land you could tell your landlord you know hey you know i didn't pay you rent this month but i love what i do and that should count as something that's, that's not gonna pay the bill. <laughs> but it's i love it here but it's not gonna pay his bank so you know it was like it was tough you know and i'm not gonna lie there was again like you know, i had two major events of renewing the second lease and putting a you know 10 grand down for the turf and i was just like staring at the ceiling at there was times at night i was staring at the ceiling and being like what am i gonna do and uh you know and it was lucky you know and i feel like some gyms are gonna do better than others you know i got i didn't do any zoom classes or anything like that because you know 15 16 year old kids don't want to do body weight you know stuff in their basement they want to trap or deadlift and listen to little baby you know at a gym yeah. You know, they're not looking to do body weight squats, you know. So I, you know, gyms like mine didn't really do well during that time. That being said, I feel like I was very lucky where my target audience of, you know, high school kids, college kids were not reluctant to come back to a gym. They were just raring to go. As soon as they, you know, open up, it was just the busiest I've ever been, to be honest. But unfortunately, I feel like those gyms that had older clientele that were, kind of doing well during those zoom classes and all those at home stuff pay. I think people either a felt comfortable at home, bought some equipment. It's like, all right, listen, like I'll save some money and I don't need to go to a gym or B, you know, the, the government put this big misconception of gyms being these German infested places that it made it scared people away. So I think I'm lucky in a way, as hard as it was during those times, you know, that now that I got through the other side of the tunnel, I feel very lucky because I feel my group of you know clients are back, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't think, unfortunately, and it, you know, it's sad that I don't think all gyms are experiencing the same thing. And it's, you know, to you know, unfortunately, a lot of it's to no no fault of their own. It's just this misconception of gyms being dirty, gross places, or you know, and it's not it's not right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm happy to you know that you made it out and you're able to kind of get stuff going. And and I, I appreciate you sharing the uh, those experiences. Uh, Ada, for anybody that wants to 
uh, ask you any questions, maybe come visit the gym. Yeah. Uh, where is the best place to reach you? And, you know, when I put out the episode next week on, you know, the post, I will put your Instagram handle there, but what's, you know, just what's the Instagram handle? Where's the best place to kind of reach you and get more information or ask you some questions? Uh, definitely Instagram, Bell and Performance. That's, you know, that's, that's, I don't really use anything else. Uh, Facebook once in a while. Um, but yeah, Bell and Performance. Uh, we have a YouTube page that I'm always, you know, posting videos on for like exercise library. But uh, yeah, definitely Instagram is the best way to find us. You can, you know, message us through there. Um, you can, you know, give us a call at the gym, whatever, you know, whatever you need. And, uh, you know, definitely I appreciate your time. Uh, you had a great time and, you know, a really experience, you know, great experience. So you know, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And and thank you. I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, definitely uh, we can come back on and have another conversation, talk about some other things. But I uh, just want to thank you for, uh, you know, coming on. And it was a pleasure, you know, meeting you and, and, and chopping it up. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you.